Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising podcast, your source for all things Rising and JMMA, news, features, interviews of fighters, etc, etc. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin, and I am joined once again by my incredibly awesome co-host, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. Yeah, focus fights. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? <laughs> and we we have an incredibly special guest t- today. With us, we will be talking about the Ryzen 17 show coming up. And with us, we have all the way from Japan, but not Japanese himself, Bruno Masami, who writes for uh, uh, Gazetta Esportiva. Gazetta Esportiva. I think I, I, think I didn't screw that up. Uh, Bruno, thank you very much for getting up this early to talk to us. I really do appreciate it. Uh, that's my pleasure. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, sorry I'm a little bit about my my English uh, skills, but I'm here to talk about fights. That's what uh, you want to listen here in this podcast. And uh, you just, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sir, we understand. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, how, how, did, how did a, a, a man such as yourself... Come all the way from Brazil to stake his home in Nagoya, Japan. Yeah, it's a very long story, but uh, uh, I have a half Japanese descendants. My, I am a third Japanese generation, and uh, I make the choice to to come to work in, in Japan so young, seventeen years old. But I think it's the right decision uh, when I uh, be back and try to uh, thinking about it. But uh, I think uh, my my story here in Japan uh, is is like uh, a, a a young guy trying to to live the dream and, and battle for for something. And uh, uh, I think we have a little bit success, a little bit frustrations, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, I, I not have any regrets to my decisions, and we still here uh, talking about uh, something we love so much. It's like uh, MMA, uh, violence, something like that. So, uh, uh, how did you? Uh, when did you first start watching MMA, and when? Uh, when did you decide? You know what? I want to cover this sport as a reporter. You know, uh, it's uh, uh, it's a long time ago because uh, I've started with MMA in, in the old school uh, old school UFC fights, uh, and uh, my first I remember my first live fight was Vitor Belfort against Vanderlei Silva in Brazil, and uh, after this, uh, okay, I, I I'm not only be want to be a fan, but uh, my story with uh, professional media, professional martial arts, uh, was growing uh, when I I tried to, to be a reporter to to make the, 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 that decision, and uh, I think maybe uh, I not was uh, talking about uh, lucky, but uh, the things is gonna be happen. You know, uh, I making interviews. I, tr- I try to introduce people, and my story with uh, with, with with my professional career uh, is gonna be growing, growing, growing. And ten years later, we are here, to, and uh, I really appreciate the, the things I, I delivered to the fans. Uh, it's some experience I 
I want to to share with the people uh, in the future. You know, you're definitely one of the first guys who, when I was getting to Ryzen and uh, this new, I guess, wave of JMMA, you were one of the guys who was covering it. Like that was giving like full under detailed coverage of the sport when nobody else was. You know, Ariel Hawani obviously doesn't cover JMMA, um, or MMA Junkie, a lot of the other publications don't. But you were you you actually I think you were probably one of the uh, probably if if not the first non uh, a non Japanese person to actually reach out to international people to tell them about Ryzen and and uh, like the promotion that it is and the fighters that are fighting there. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's hard uh, to, to talk about this because uh, when Rising uh, emerged up, uh, I think uh, I am uh, I was there. I remember uh, three years ago and we went to Tokyo to to see what uh, what things Mr. Sakakabara will bring it to us, uh, you know. But uh, I, th I think uh, the problem is we have a lot of some some facts uh, we need to to, to think about it because um, uh, I, th I think the, the American uh, media is still uh, focused in American things. Uh, I think it's, it's, the, it's not a problem, you know. But if you take a look at uh, about about how the sport growing, not only in United States, but outside the United States, outside America, uh, we we need we need to recognize how the hard work uh, Rising will be doing right now, and one championship will be doing Asia and the Russian promotions, and KSW is really doing a phenomenal job in Europe, and and some something is going to be happening. That I can't mention that other promotions like uh, EFC in. South Africa, uh, you know, it's 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 something. I think uh, I understand. It's a, a lot, a very uh, a very ton of job to reporters. It's it's hard to to try to uh, to to introduce all that that hard work, the, all the staffs, all the teams will well, deliver to fans. I think it's something about the, the, the sport journalism right now, because if you look at every situation, every scenario, and uh, we have a lot of events happening in the same time. Uh, if you take a look uh, in this weekend, we have uh, UFC, we have a kickboxing promotion in Japan, we have a punk race, we have... You know, it's hard for a reporter, for uh, for journalists to cover and still being focused in ever, ever information, ever detail, and good fight to deliver to deliver to the fans. And I, but uh, thank, thanks God, thank, thanks MMA gods to to uh, to deliver to the fans uh, very good media, uh, not only here in Japan, but. Uh, Internationally, uh, I appreciate the guys uh, to doing this program, this broadcast, to to, to open uh, the minds of the the, the fans about uh, about fighting fighting business. I think it's a very good thing to uh, to do, and 
I so really proud to to see you guys covering the sport so many many times and I'm here to help yeah. only I'm here to to do uh, my best of job and uh, to deliver to to the fans what uh, something different uh, because you know uh, Japan is a different country uh, but MMA is still the same uh, two guys going against each other to try to knock uh, the, the opponent out and uh, this is uh, we want to see well, yeah, you're a much more positive guy than I am. I think that the I'm, I'm I I have a different I look out that I think the the Western media is a little bit more I guess I, I would say more deliberate in its ignoring of what's happening in Japan. Um, I think it's I think they they deliberately try to push it away just to give cover more coverage to more UFC, which I know that the UFC is the biggest that has to be covered, but I feel like that like when when Kyoji Horiguchi is fighting Tenshin Nasukawa, that to me is a big fight. And when when Western media isn't covering it, then that to me it, it it screams a deliberate ignoring of what of of what Ryzen is doing. Um, in my personal opinion, that's just that's how I see it. Yeah, I I agree with you a little bit because, uh, but uh, I I need to mention two things. Uh, first of all, it's about uh, language barrier. You know, uh, we understand Jap to learn Japanese is not easy. It's something uh, uh, the reporter or staff or someone needs to learn or try to to understand. Uh, it's something. Uh, it's some something bad bad scenario uh, we handled it, but that's that's probably that's why uh, the, the reporters it's not too much interest to to see, you know. But uh, the, the another way it's about uh, uh, get more knowledge about combat sports. It's not only about MMA, you know. Uh, they need to understand. This sport is not only MMA. Uh, we have kickboxing, we have grappling, we have some a lot of stuff it's going on. And uh, if you not to to take a look a little bit more, you still deliver the same thing. You know, okay, it's another weekend. We have a UFC, you have a Bellator, we have something like this. And uh, but I think the fan. Uh, make evolution too. The fans start to see uh, more fights, to see uh, new people go uh, going on to deliver uh, stuff. And if, if you talk a little bit more about Horiguchi and Tenshi Nasukawa, especially of Nasukawa's side, man, that what the, that kind of beauty uh, of the performance Tenshi was doing ever, ever, ever fight. It's amazing, and he's only 20 years old. But much people right now is think, oh, he's a Japanese kid who lost to Floyd Mayweather. But it's not only about this; it's much more, more and more about Tenshin. And I really hope Tenshin will be growing in probably five years. It's gonna be to to be a, a really superstar, not only in Japan but in the worldwide. Depends uh, the decision he, he will be making the next next couple of years, and I'm confident he can. They, they have uh, the, the the potential, the talent to be uh, to reach that status in future. Same thing about Horiguchi. Man, how can I say about the last performance in 
Bellator. It's a tough one, but uh, you know, it's hard to see a Japanese guy with uh, a size, uh, a bad, a bad advantage to him. But Horiguchi doing well and gets the the Bellator title, and it's a big, it's a big uh, achievement for him. But I'm still a little bit sad to to not see the the uh, the people recognize Horiguchi uh, things. You know what uh, he lost to Dimitri Johnson in you know at five uh, hard rounds. It's not a, 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 a easy fight to do, DJ and Horiguchi. Uh, will be there, but after that, he, he do his thing, and uh, you know, he's much be successful right now. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but with that, uh, I would very much like to talk about why you are here, and that's to talk about Ryzen Seventeen. Christian, hopefully you're still there. Um. I am still here if you can hear me. Yep, I can. So yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, you're the you're the man of the introductions when it comes to uh, this famous Saitama Super Arena. So I'm gonna pass it off to you for Ryzen seventeen. Ah uh, yeah, that's the fight card. The Ryzen seventeen fight will take place. Sunday. Uh oh. Oh no, we lost Christian. I will. T I'm going to briefly take over. Oh, oh, what's Christian? Are you there? Um, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh. Um. I mean, I'm. Tell you what, restart your computer. I'll I'll do the I'll I'll introduce it, then you can come back in, okay? So the Rise of Seventeen taking place at the famous Saitama Super Arena, uh, July twenty eighth, uh, and um, we will. There are going to be. I hear you. I hear you. Well, so from here, there are, there are going to be twelve five. Mm -hmm. City, Saitama Prefecture, Japan. Each one hopefully will be more crazier, more exciting than the last. And there's going to be seven straight fights concurrently to kick off the first part of the card, and five straight after a intermission that hopefully won't be too long. Actually, uh, uh, I want to ask you, Bruno, uh, what do you think about these intermissions that Ryzen has? As somebody who's in the uh, arena for most of the, uh, for the for the shows. What do you, do you do? You think Horizon needs to do something about these intermissions, um, or is it just something that they have to we have to deal with because of this whole Fuji TV thing? Yeah, it's hard because you know uh, dealing with a live broadcast is a literally big nightmare, and uh, because they do not have uh, much control about what's going to be happen about fights. And, and if you take a look, 
the, the broadcasting is going to be five hours later to the live, the, the live broadcast. And they have a short period of time to, to set up the, what, what that fight will, will be showing to the fan and something, and you know, uh, it, unfortunately it's the price to, to be on the free TV, man. Uh, I, I understand the, 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 the fan sides about uh, okay I not like this uh, to wait too long because it's it's very uh, <laughs> it's it's very uh, late uh, especially for an American fan but uh, it is what it is I think it's a price to be uh, a place uh, that that position of especially with the Japanese audience mainstream audience you know in Japan Fuji it's it's the number one with sports. Uh, we need to understand that, and uh, I think it's the, the hard price to pay. But you know, uh, 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 that's that's the way uh, the the all work will be set up. And uh, I I I personally understand the the, the fans' position, but uh, I think uh, the sport needs, especially in Japan. You know, uh, they they started to rebuild the the MMA here, and uh, rising is still number one event here in Japan, uh, and and they try to to be bigger like Pride, uh, and uh, I think uh, the scenario is a little bit weird because uh, the evolution of internet uh, of something it's it's very uh, complicated to to reestablish. To, to take the, the that competition because it's a lot of competition especially in Sunday uh, they take the the, the, the the best time in television the the expensive time in television to make three two four hours in uh, live broadcast not be easy they need to dealing with uh, sponsors with everything to set up and I think it's it's more uh, it's much bigger than uh, that's okay uh, we have interventions we need not, you know, we need to stop it but Saitama Marina is a big arena you know have a lot of people watching and uh, the, the, the people need to be back to work uh, and Sunday, uh, and Monday uh, Monday evening and uh, Monday morning I'm sorry but uh, uh, that's I think that's why logistical stuff uh, that's why they make that kind of decisions but uh, I think what's rising uh, I was uh, really happy to see what Pro Rising will, will be doing, especially, especially the last event. And right now, they they start uh, one hour uh, early, uh, and uh, I think that's a good decision to start uh, at 2 p.m. in here, Japan, not 3 p.m. Probably the event in, in the arena will be ended like uh, 8 8 p.m. something like that, and the the, uh, the fan can be back to be home. Uh, more fast, uh, I think that's a good decision too. But uh, the only way to intermissions, it is what it is, man. Unfortunately, but uh, I agree uh, with what uh, they want to do to put here to debate to talk with fans. Okay, well, that's I understand you on that. We understand you on that, Bruno. But do you think that if Bryson were to you know, make the intermissions a little bit shorter or, you know, last a little quicker that they would have quicker events? 
it's hard to to answer because uh, depends uh, about the duration of fights. You know, uh, if the fight was much exciting, but be so fast, uh, you not have anything to, to do. Uh, it's it's really weird situation because uh, we want fireworks, we want knockouts, we want uh, uh, crazy submissions, but that's another price of table you have to deal. You know that uh, you understand what what I want to do to to say. It's something like this. Uh, but if you want boring fights, yeah, if you want fights, fights go to the seasons. You know, uh, it, it, it's it's a very very hard uh, challenge to to dealing. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's kind of challenge. Uh, we see uh, what uh, UFC doing a great job. You know, and uh, but uh, I think the difference was uh, UFC not stay too much time uh, in live broadcasting in, in ESPN, you know, uh, they only put the main card there, they, they not have, okay, uh, let's put an entire card to the to the live uh, broadcasting, maybe that's the difference in, between UFC and the Rising, but because Rising have a, a live uh, broadcasting in, in Fight TV, or here in Japan is Sky Perfect TV is a cable television Japan but they have to deliver uh, three four hours of broadcasting in the in the Fuji you know uh, uh, sometimes uh, UFC doing that in ESPN but it's only main card they not uh, put more fights to, to fans watching I think that's the the difference of, of decisions uh, but it's I it, it's thing I believe it was about content rising trying to uh, to build heroes to uh, introduce more people uh, to to the fans to watch especially Japanese audience you know probably that's that's the price they they was paid to to reach that that kind of audience well I, I have another question uh, Bruno so this show this is this will not be live on Fuji TV, it's to my understanding. Um, Oricon News apparently reported that this will be airing early August, uh, August 3rd at midnight. So I'm guessing, I don't know which portion of the show will be, but normally, like you said, the show has to sync up to a live airing for Fuji TV. But this, show, but this one particularly will not be live. Uh, it'll be tape delayed by about a week or about a week or two. So, is what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Is that something? I don't know. That in my eyes, personally, that doesn't bode well. I don't know if it's because of the lack of attention or Kyoji or Reina or something like that. But I mean, what 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 would you think would be the reason why they are delaying this show by about a week? Uh, uh, if you uh, we'll be back. Uh... Uh, 10 years ago like Pride Days uh, the people probably forget about that uh, not only all events is going to be broadcast live uh, sometimes they put the, the fights off uh, in the midnight so one week or a couple of days before or something like that but uh, I think I think it's a good decision uh, because they need to build the, the new heroes, especially the, the three fights on the, the main card. Uh, and uh, 
it's, it's something should is still growing. I think probably Fuji make the decision too because you know it's Sunday. It's a battle of audience. The, the I think it's uh, the whole decision. Uh, it's it's a lot lot of people participating on to take that decision. Uh, for the, for the uh, uh, for the fan uh, perspective, it's it's good because uh, you're not to probably will not have uh, long intermissions, you know, and they uh, depends of uh, what's gonna be happen. Uh, maybe we see uh, good fights uh, and uh, and the rising can be uh, have more time to to choose what what they need to, to show to the to the fans, especially of Fuji. Mm, okay, I understand. That's a, that's an interesting perspective because I still I'm still always I, unsure of, of the whole Japanese television thing. When, even when it comes to ratings and all that stuff, so it's still an area that I'm still not one hundred percent familiar with. Because uh, they, I know particularly, Ed, you're probably more worried about. You know why do they why do they air anime at night? I mean, why do they air anime probably early in the evening as opposed to here in the states where, of course, they aired on Saturday nights. Oh, oh God! And Warner Media. Well, well, oh God! Some of the anime I saw when I was in my Airbnb when I was in in, in Japan last year was oh my! It was some of the worst garbage I've ever seen in my entire life. It was it was like dreadful. Um. But uh, yeah, the, what, let, us, uh, let us not talk about uh, awful anime. Let us talk about this card. And uh, uh, I, I guess we should go into the uh, Let first fight. Let us talk about the card because like I was trying to... Sorry, Christian, go ahead. Oh, never mind. I'm, I will take over for you, Christian, until you reappear. No, 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 that won't be necessary, Andrew, <laughs> I'm still here. Good, good, good. But like I said, the card will take place July 28th. It's 12 fights in total, three of which will be rising lightweight pre-qualifiers. Obviously. Do we, Christian? Oh, there we are, Christian. Christian, I can hear you. Sorry, Bruno. We're working out. We're we're working out technical difficulties in the middle of of this live podcast. Wait, Bruno, are you still there? Yes. Yes. Oh my God! I thought I lost you as well. Okay. But. Still, we kick off the Ryzen 17 fight card with a kickboxing bout that'll be taking place over 63. I mean, that'll be taking place at 63 kilos, which is 140 US pounds, as Hideki Bahanao, B-E-R-A-J-A-N-O, will take on Daiki Watabe. This fight was originally supposed to be. Daiki Watabe versus the soul assassin Kevin Ross, but Kevin Ross had a, a little thumb broke, and it will be a while before he even sees a ring again. But still, I don't have the particulars in front of me for either of these fighters. All I know is that 
Daik, all I know is that Daiki Watabe is a member of Team Teppin, which is Tension Asukawa's fight camp, and that Hideki, albeit an interesting story, he's a Bolivian Japanese kickboxer who has fought for shootboxing, Rise, and the All Box World promotion, where he's a three weight world champion there. So, Andrew? Do you have any particulars? Yeah. Or do you have a press release on these guys? Yep, I do. So first of all, I'm going to say this. Hideki, another another Japanese or I, or I guess I could say fighter living in Japan who decides to go by a singular first name that is very common among Japanese people does not make it easy to find information on well, them. Well, I mean, to be honest, he probably wants to go by that singular name because the name Beharano probably would mean something different. It's possible. It's possible. But, you know, considering that there's another kickboxer who goes by a name Hideki, who is a full-blooded Japanese person, it did not help. It did not help when two kickboxers named, or go by Hideki. But besides that, what I can tell you is Hideki has a record of 15-5-2. And, and Daiki Watabe has the unfortunate record of an under 500 record at 22 and 23 and 2 and here's what what Hideki said when he took when he happened to get the uh, the call from Ryzen he said this is a perfect platform to make a name for myself so I plan to put on an exciting fight to get myself noticed and I would like to be remembered by the fans to show the greatness of Rise. Watabe is a fight of the night candidate so I want to put on a great fight against him and get the win. Um, I had I had a quote from Watabe, but that was more in relation to uh, Kevin Ross. So I don't know if it will apply to this situation. I don't have anything updated with Watabe himself, but um, the from the videos that I can. Okay. I'm pretty sure the thoughts that Daiki Watabe had about Kevin Ross can apply to Hideki. Oh, it's entirely it's entirely possible, yeah. Um, I'll I'll try I'll get it right now. Uh, what he um what Mr. Uh, Watabe's oops wrong wrong uh, press release. Uh, take your time. Take your time. I keep on I keep on clicking the all these all these emails from from Ryzen look the same, so I keep on pressing the same one because I'm I'm so stupid. Okay, ah here it is. Um, okay, so here's what Watabe, is this, he said that I am honored and excited, excited to fight in the best, I am honored and excited to fight the best in the best platform. I will proudly represent Japan and take on Bellator kickboxing. Well, not anymore. Um, I will put on in everything I have and leave everything I have in the ring. Uh, so, let's see if I have anything else on Mr. Watabe. Uh, uh, that is basically all I have. Um, regarding Hideki, I don't know if he was born in Japan and happens to be Bolivian, or he's half Bolivian, half Japanese. He was probably born in Bolivia, but raised in Japan. But I also know that he's a big, big fan of, of football, um, or as we... Soccer. So, of course, as we call here in the states. Exactly, because um, uh, his uh, social media is filled with with references to um, and pictures of him playing football. Um, here's some a little bit more particulars. Watabe is 31, uh, born 
uh, December 12th, 1987. So he's another 87 person, such as myself. Um, Hideki, uh, I do not have an age on him. As of, um, Actually, I should. Uh, the, uh, the latest email from Ryzen should have the... Um, I think it's... Oh, wait, no, they didn't make one of those, uh, those graphic things yet for him. Um, well, his his name is... They do have the Bolivian flag next to his name, so I'm assuming that he is originally from Bolivia. Is That's what I... That's what it has to... I believe. But yeah, like I said, he, he has fought in shoot boxing, and he has fought in uh, regular kickboxing. Uh, you can see two of his fights on YouTube for shoot uh, during the uh, shoot boxing world tournament S Cup in 2016, and a fight in Rise. Um, and uh, both that predictions, predictions, predictions. Well, actually, before we move on predictions, I want to know, Bruno, do you have to know anything about either of these two kickboxers? Uh, not so much, and uh, the I think Kevin Kevin Ross injury make uh, the, the something difficult to to rising find a opponent in short period of time. But uh, I think the the both fighters can can be delivered a, a good show because uh, you know the the first fight here in Japan it's it's more important. Uh, every time Mr. Oigo Takada uh, to say uh, to the to the to the fighters and especially the the two one for for introduction to to the fans, hey, uh, you guys you need to deliver a very good fight because it's most important. He, he put some pressure to to both guys to deliver something to the public, uh, and uh, it's interesting to see how how. The guys will be delivered on Sunday night, on Sunday afternoon, uh, especially for Daiki Watabe, in my perspective point of view, and uh, the good uh, the good deal of Rise promotion with uh, with Rising uh, deliver a very good kickboxing belts, and uh, I think uh, it's an opportunity to Daiki Watabe perform. Uh, it's not only unfortunately with Kevin Ross, but uh, let's see what's uh, what he, he, he wants to deliver uh, to his debut inside the arena. I forgot to also just quickly say Hideki is part of a uh, fight team I've never heard of called Team Gloria. I have no idea where they're located, um, but yeah, that's the team he fights out of. But uh, Bruno, do you have a particular uh, who do you think will win this 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 uh, kickbox opening kickboxing match? Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, I think Watabe will have have more chances in, in particular bouts. Uh, but uh, if, if the opponent was Cameron Ross, the something uh, it's gonna be different in my my point of view. But uh, he had the chance to impress the fans, and you know uh, it's opportunity. It's opportunity to to see the guy perform in a big stage. And uh, they have a chance to introduce himself to, to rising fans. I think uh, Rising doing a, a very good job about this because they introducing a lot of fighters to to the audience. It's not only in Japan, here in Japan, but uh, outside too. Because 
we never uh, listen uh, the names, you know. Uh, a lot of Japanese fighters, uh, especially for kickboxing. Uh, kickboxing is very popular here in Japan. We have K1, we have Rise, we have Heat promotion, and a lot of promotions doing kickboxing. Rebels, uh, Brush, uh, a lot of promotions with boxing. And uh, that's a big opportunity to 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 see Japanese top fighters to perform in in, in the big show and uh, I I I think the, this fight's not it's not going to be the, in to the distance. Oh yes, I I I agree with that. But I do think that I know I always, when I look at somebody's record, I know and I talk about this with Kevin Ross and he mentions you know records aren't always everything, but you know I when I see someone with twenty two, mm-hmm. sorry Christian. I can understand you on that because he told me the same thing. But when I see it under... Records and titles don't really mean anything. It's the experience fighting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but in terms of between these two fighters, from what I've watched from both of them and going by their records, I have to pick Hideki to win this. Uh, usually I don't go with the guy with the singular Japanese name uh, because it's hard for me to research them like uh, Kengo in the last show, but I think Hideki is the better fighter overall. Um, I I think being part of Team Tappan won't matter in this case uh, because I think, you know, just from what I've seen, the only thing that Hideki, so Hideki tends to have his arms down a lot. He has his hands down a lot. Uh, And so he can leave himself open to a knockout punch, I'll say that. But I think overall the better kickboxer between the two, I I have to pick is Hideki, and I think he will win this. Christian, what do you what do you say? Sorry, Christian. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Uh, who are you who do you pick between Hideki and uh what and Daiki Watabe? Christian, going once, going twice. Oh, okay. Well, Christian, I'm going to go on to the next fight. When you when you come back in, let me know. And I'm going to put I'm going to put in. Oh. Uh, yeah, I can. I knew that would get you back in. So, Christian, quickly, who do you think wins, Hideki or Watabe? Okay, Christian. I have to go. I'm going to go on to the next fight. When when you come back, I will. We will. We'll just. You can just let us know. Uh, the next fight is the return of King Reyna, who hasn't fought in Ryzen in about. I think it's about a year. She hasn't fought. Um, the last fight she had was against uh, in Ryzen Caitlin Young, who she lost to. Obviously, but she has had two deep jewels matches, which she has won, uh, and so she returns to Ryzen, taking on Stephanie Egger, all the way from Switzerland, and Switzerland and the Stephanie Egger is three and one, uh, trains out of the Buddy Gym in Saint Gallen, Switzerland, and. 
She also will be competing at the ADCC, the Abu Dhabi Combat uh, um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competition in September, along with Gabby Garcia as well, actually. And then they are in the same division. So who knows? Uh, Edgar and Gabby Garcia could potentially face off against one another. Um, but also, uh, Reina, King Reina's record is a 11-2. and two. Uh, And uh, actually, funny enough, both her two losses... Okay. Are, yeah, of course. Both of her two losses are in uh, Ryzen. Um, the other loss being to Cindy Dandois. Uh, both decision losses. And um, the probably the most interesting thing about these two is Sorry, that is that Reina is five foot three. And yes, Christian, are you there? Christian? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Him? Yes. We're talking about the King Reina fight. King Reina versus Stephanie Egger. Okay, never mind. So, uh, King Reina uh, is five foot three, and Stephanie Egger is much, much more taller than Reina. Uh, than Reina. Her exact height is five foot eight. And but nonetheless, this is this is Reina. It's so funny because Reina's height has never been a disadvantage for her. Well, it's been a disadvantage for her in some cases with like Cindy Dandois and um, Kayla Young. But for other fighters, this has never been. She hap, She just happens to be stronger and much more fierce in the ring. Um, but. Um, yeah, for this this will be an interesting fight stylistically in my in my eyes. Um, Bruno, I want to pass it off to you. What do you think about uh, this fight? Uh, King Reina making her return to Ryzen against uh, Stephanie Edgar. Yeah, uh, I think I think King Reina have another opportunity to perform in Ryzen Ring. Uh, but uh, in, in my point of view, uh, I, I I think it's difficult because uh, much heavier heavy divisions uh, they not have much options to, to put the fights. Look look how it's difficult to UFC bring fights to Chris Cyborg Cyborg for example, you know, and uh, to, to not stay waiting too long. Uh, King Reina accept the kind of fights, uh, but uh, it, it's interesting because uh, she she doesn't really doesn't care, you know. She okay, I want I want to fight, I want to to perform to, uh, to my fans, to my public, and uh, and she she tried to to make be more professional, to doing her stuff, to doing her thing, uh, and if you look at the social media, she she make adjustments to her to her camp to to this fight to come to she was going to train in the United States to see her striking improvement that that's a good thing to her uh, I think it's another uh, chance to to uh, to her herself about the, the last loss of Katie Young in, in rising Nagoya I guess and uh, uh, I, I think it's a good great great opportunity to her mm, just to also let everybody know this fight will be at a catch weight of 138 pounds 63 kilograms 
Um, that's something that's that's we've seen a lot of Reina is that she's actually been going down in weight for her fights. Uh, she before she was open weight fighting people like um, uh, people that are so much bigger than her like Crystal Stokes and um, uh, Lady Tapa, Alpha Female. Now she's at, it looks like she's trying to get down and she has lost weight. Uh, if you look at her when she first started Ryzen, compared to what she is now, she weighs. She definitely has lost a lot of uh, a good amount of weight. Maybe 20, uh, 20, 25 pounds. I have to estimate. Um, let's see other particulars. King Reina is twenty three. Uh, Stephanie Edgar is thirty. Um, I'm gonna also read a little thing at the uh, Ryzen uh, Instagram page. Uh, put out uh, for both fighters uh, comparing their stats uh, which is uh, if you can see that in the Ryzen Instagram page or you can actually see it on their uh, YouTube uh, not YouTube Twitter page so they write both fighters have solid judo backgrounds so the key will be striking despite the significant reach difference King Reina may be the better striker Edgar will have the size and physical power advantage I'm not entirely sure about that this fight between two grapplers may just end up as a stand-up fight, which is uh, very interesting because um, that's it's funny how fights, you know, we, as we saw with the um, Satoshi D'Souza uh, fight against uh, Kitawoka, two grapplers, and it ends in a, in a standing, almost standing TKO. Funny how stuff like that works out. But other particulars, Stephanie Edgar has a 100% finishing rate, while Kane Reina has 64. Um, Kane Reina has three knockouts, four subs, four decisions wins and Edgar has two knockouts one sub win uh, and um, yeah the, they they couldn't be more polar opposites in terms of age uh, style of how they fight and just experience so then I asked Bruno do you have a particular who do you think will win this fight do you think that King Reyna will be able to snap her losing streak in Ryzen? Or do you think we see the Switzerland, uh, the fire all the way from Switzerland, come in and spoil uh, King Reyna's comeback? I think uh, King Reyna have more chances, but uh, let's see uh, what, uh, what the fight what is going to be happen. Especially if the fight is going to be to the ground. You know, and... Uh, the, the, the most uh, difficult thing for Edgar is uh, the she not competing too much in MMA, and I think King Rena can take uh, advantage for this because she have a lot more fights, uh, more experience, experience especially with rising rules. Uh, if if she be smart and doing her thing, her strategy probably he will be taking another win. Yeah, also actually, thank you for bringing up the rise of rules. Also, elbows will be allowed in this in this fight, so that could that could always play as a factor. But it's interesting you bring up the experience between obviously Edgar does not have the a same amount of MMA experience and probably also fighting in a ring. She's only fought in a cage, I'm guessing, because I know she's fought in Invicta, but I'm guessing the other promotions she's fought in, she must have been in a cage. Um, so there's also that factor. Um, I, you know, it's, I like to say that, that Reyna, the Caitlin Young fight is a very interesting fight because I don't think so much 
that Cameron Young won that fight as much that King Reyna basically made herself lose that fight. She did not fight a very smart fight in the, in that match. And I felt that more King Reyna lost by her own, I guess, ill-preparedness ill uh, versus just being the, the, the uh, lesser fighter, if that makes any sense. Um, she does have the, she did come back with two wins in Deep Jewels, uh, but the competition in Deep Jewels is obviously, I would argue, is a little bit of a step down than, you know, what Ryzen's trying to find. I do think it's an interesting stylistic match. You you, th you know, I want to say that King Rain is going to win it, but I don't know. Will she have the same, I, I don't know if she'll have the same drive and the same, you know, is she going, if she, is she going to be, you know, it's like, you ever watch Gegard Mousasi fight and like whenever he loses, it seems like he just didn't seem to just like do enough. He just seems to not care. You ever see that Bruno whenever you watch his fights? Like recently with the uh, um, Rafael Lovato uh, match in Bellator? Yeah, I saw it, but uh, I, I think I think the, the, in that scenario, particular scenario, especially Lovato skills, Man, I, I think Lovato doing what he wants to do, uh, especially on, on the grappling stuff. Uh, okay, Musashi have a good good ground ground skills, but it's not that level what Rafael has. Yeah. And uh, Rafael has, be, be smart in doing his thing, and they, they take his belt. You know, if if Musashi maybe uh, focus at more on striking. Uh, but I think that particular particular fight is is a little bit different because uh, when you fought some type of opponent, uh, he wants to bring the fight to the ground. Uh, first of all, you need to have a very good uh, wrestling background uh, to do this, and after that, uh, you okay and show your talent, uh, finish that guy, and you know uh, Rafael. Uh, uh, do that things uh, very well. Uh, that's the reason now he was a Bellator champion. But but in in that particular case of King Reina, uh, he needs she needs to uh, to do her thing. But uh, the the point is uh, King Reina have a, a, a very heavy punches, and uh, much people not uh, understand that. And probably she will be trying to, to show to the fans, oh, okay, I not only the, the ground game uh, grow, I, I want to, to finish fights by, by KO, and that's a very good opportunity to, to her do, doing that. Uh, I, I don't know it's going to be happen, but uh, let's see. Let's see it's going to be happening on Sunday. I also just want to say what Reina said uh, in the Rise of Presley. She said, I will be fighting another foreigner. I think she has good grounds. Uh, I'm assuming good ground, good ground game. But it won't matter. I'm going to smash her. So she thinks she's very confident, obviously, going into this fight. Uh, I'm going to see what Edgar said. Um, she didn't say something that much uh, exciting, but I'll read anyway. I'm very motivated to be able to take part on such a prestigious stage. I would like to put on a great performance in front of the Japanese fans. My opponent is very tough and has a great ground, ground game, I, but I will expose her weaknesses. So they both say they have a great ground game. 
Um, you know, it's also interesting that you bring up, yeah, Raina's heavy punches. The other thing that also she does, I don't know if she does it now, but she at least used to do it when I, in her other fights. She also lets, opens her, her face, her head is very much a target when she's punching. She does not tend to block. She'll, she'll, she'll just, she'll kind of just punch, but leave her, leave her head open. Um, kind of just like, I don't know if it's deliberate to bait her opponents in, or if that's just a lack of stand-up skills. You seen her? Do, have you seen her do that before, Bruno? Uh, you mean uh, Edgar, right? No, no, Reina, Reina. Uh, okay. Uh, not too much, but uh, uh, I, I think I think uh, she was a very smart girl. Yeah. Uh, oh, besides her uh, charisma, her. Uh, for her image, something like this. Uh, normally, in person, she uh, she talks very well. She had uh, she always uh, be normal with the people. It's not a kind of okay. She look she look to you uh, something different, uh, looking angry. No, no. Uh, she uh, she was a normal person, but he, he have this uh, this branch. His type of charisma to fans but uh, I think she she will be made uh, good decisions in the uh, the last couple months uh, to trying to make evolution she might should be stay doing the same thing when uh, she, she was doing and uh, but you know MMA is difficult because it's a lot it's a lot of things you need to learn you know you need to learn how to strike you need to learn uh, to to uh, improve uh, your ground ground game, especially wrestling, especially uh, takedowns or uh, BJJ uh, adjustments to, to submit fights. Uh, and uh, she's so young too, and uh, I think uh, she can she have so much time to improve her game and be more professional uh, athlete too, because you know. Uh, she needs to understand the, the business, the, the scenario of, of J, uh, WMMA has, uh, the, the division needs to, to improve too, because uh, now she was a featherweight. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that particular fight, she needs to, to cut away that uh, 6 to kilogram. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's, it's the first time she has she reached a that mark on her career, and uh, it's a problem too. And uh, let's see because you know weight cuts it's uh, something uh, weird stuff. And uh, when she lose a, a lot of weight uh, to to do a fight, maybe your performance. It's not gonna be well, you know. Had a lot of a lot of details. We need you to take a look uh, to see you will be happen on on that fight. And let's see, let's see if uh, if King Rena uh, can be fixed uh, everything and uh, what he will be delivered on that particular fight. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, you said it very well. You said it very well. However, I'm gonna be contrarian. I'm going to say that Stephanie Egger is going to take this fight. Uh, I'm just, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that King Reyna comes back and comes back with, with something fierce and with motivation 
but just I'm going by her her last two fights Horizon. I think that um, I just don't think that Edgar. Uh, I think I think that Edgar will hopefully just be slightly more motivated, slightly more hungrier. You know, she's coming all the way from Japan, only four fights total, and she's gonna make a she's gonna make a, a statement in in this match. It'll be an incredibly interesting matchup stylistically, like I said. But I think I think Edgar might take this. Um, I hope you know. Well, I'm still looking forward to King Arena coming back in the ring um, and seeing her uh, fight once again. Um, and um, we're gonna go on to the next fight, uh, and this one is a super atom weight fight at 49 kilograms, 160, 106 pounds, and it is between two champions. Uh, from two uh, competing promotions. The first is Tomo Mesawa, who is the Deep Jewels Atomweight champion. Um, and she is uh, fighting out of, excuse me, the Reversal Gym Tachikawa Alpha. Uh, and uh, she it has a record of. Do, do, do 12 and 9 so she's getting dangerously close to a under 500 record and actually lost in a non-title match to Kana Azakura at Deep Jewels 23 by unanimous decision um, and uh, she also has fought in Ryzen before um, she fought uh, do, 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 do. who did she fight um, Oh wait, no, she did fight Razor. I'm getting her confused uh, with uh, Mina Kurobe. Excuse, excuse me, but um, she is four foot eleven. She is very short. That's even short for uh, Adam weight. She is thirty one. Uh, so she is also a uh, nineteen eighty seven person, such as myself. And uh, yeah, she's on a one fight losing streak. Uh, but she has the opportunity to fix that. But her opponent is a very, very tough. Lady, I will say. She will be taking on Seo He Ham, aka Hamderle Silva from Korea, Busan, South Korea, who fights out of Road FC and is the Road FC Atomweight champion. Um, most recently, uh, most famous, I guess the, the most famous fight that she had uh, was the Jin Yu Frey uh, match that she had at Road SC 45 where she knocked out uh, Frey in the first round but did def she defended the title just recently as well against Jung Un Park at Road SC 51 uh, but she is uh, 5 foot 2 uh, 32 years old uh, so uh, she, she's born the same year as, um, as Mesawa she's on a 3 fight winning streak uh, t record of 20 and 8 and fights out of Busan Team Mad uh, in Busan, South Korea. And uh, she did have a stint in the UFC, a very unsuccessful one, but um, she has managed to kickstart a much more successful career outside uh, outside the UFC. But uh, this will be, you know, regular rise and rules, five minutes, three rounds, just like the King Reign of Stephanie Edgar match. And uh, elbows will be allowed in this match. Um, I'm going to read up. Let's see if I have some more particulars between these two very, very uh, dangerous ladies. Do, 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 do. Uh, ah, here we are. So on the Rise Instagram page, they write, 
In this typical striker versus grappler matchup, Seo Hee-Ham has a significant size, power, and experience advantage over Tomo Mesawa, who would be looking to close distance and take the fight to the ground. Mesawa will be in big trouble if she can't take Ham down. Now, let's see, more particulars. So, she, uh, Mesawa has a finishing rate of 33% versus Ham, who has a 25% finishing rate. Uh, so those 20 wins by Ham are 2 KOs, 3 submissions, and 15 decisions, while uh, Mesawa's is 2 KOs, 2 subs, and 8 decisions. Um, and they do, yeah, they do uh, classify Ham as a striker and Mesawa as a grappler. Um, I'm not into... I guess I Donnelly is definitely a striker. Mesawa, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I guess she kind of is. But um, I'm gonna read just one, well, just a few more. Uh, well, I had a, a fighter quote from uh, from Ham. Actually, also just to remind everybody, Seohi Ham was at the last Ryzen show. They didn't show on on the um, live on um, the Fight TV feed. But she did. She was in the arena. Bruno, were you at the last Ryzen show? Uh, Ryzen 16. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, but uh, not have opportunity to talk. And uh, but uh, you know, uh, I I think Ryzen uh, will be. The, Change is something diff uh, something uh, about pro uh, to promoting uh, the next shows. You know, uh, they make announcements. They they not they not deliver too much uh, press conference live, and uh, uh, that uh, announcement is a little bit expected because when uh, Rising uh, announce uh, Siuhan. Her in social media, you know, we, we we understand something is gonna be happen, and the fight was announced, and let's see uh, how how Sylvie uh, Ham will be performing in her debut in Rising because uh, Tom Maizawa is a veteran. He's he was a no joke. Uh, she she fought Kana Sakura in, in deep. He, he doing a very tough fight against Asakura, but you know, uh, if the fight is gonna be on stand up, uh, it's, it's very difficult to to Maisawa, uh, to, <laughs> to to fight Siohiham, uh, and uh, you know, uh, and probably this fight is gonna be uh, uh, it's gonna be the uh, choose who will be face Ayaka Hamasaki, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I think, in my opinion, Silvia will be win by by knockout, and probably call Ayaka Hamasaki, and we we are we, we will see what, what's going to happen. Uh, but it's a very uh, I th I think it will be striking versus versus grappling at, at this fight, and uh, but Silvia. Uh, it's a very dangerous opponent. She will be. She will be form so very good on, on her, her previous fights, but she stay a little bit uh, away 
for for competition, and uh, we'll see, we'll see if uh, he, he she will be ready. But it's it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna read some fire quotes from both Ham and Mesawa. Um, these are two separate press releases, but um, Mesawa says some very. I'll say interesting things, but I'm going to read Ham first. So, Siohi Ham says, I'm excited to be able to fight the current Deep Jewels belt holder, the belt I used to hold. Mesawa holds a victory over Mina Kurobe, so she is a real deal. She will be the perfect opponent for me to showcase my skills to the Ryzen fans. I would like to show my knockout power against her, like when I knocked out Jin Yu Frey back in Korea. Damn. She's not holding back of that. Uh, but um, Meisawa, she she says, I am honored to be given this chance and would like to thank everybody who worked hard to give me this opportunity. I will put in everything I have worked for in my fighting career to fight the best opponent to this date. Here's an interesting fact that she says, I have never lost to a Korean fighter and I plan to keep it that way. I will win this fight, become famous, and look for a boyfriend. So apparently, not only is this an important fight for Meisawa, she's apparently using this as a way to find a significant other. And I'm just going to continue on. She said, said, she said more at the uh, recent Ryzen 17 press conference. She said, I want to show that women can put on ex- as exciting performances like men do. I recently broke up with my boyfriend after fighting Mina Kurobe. So after beating Mina Kurobe... She apparently broke up with her boyfriend, or her boyfriend broke up with her. I have no idea. So she's gonna use this basically as, as a, as a, as a, what, what do you call it? as an OK Cupid session to find a boyfriend. So, Bruno, I'm going to ask: Do you, uh, in, if, if in the case of if Mina, uh, if, sorry, if uh, Tomo Mesawa does win, do you think she will get a boyfriend after immediately after this fight? I don't know, man. I don't do involve involve too much in personal things, but you know, uh, Japanese society is gonna be different when other ones. <laughs> but I I hope she will be look will be looking to find someone to to her. But uh, it's a very funny story. Yeah, I think I think Minya Kurobe had the, when she fought in um, Ryzen. Was like it was like the same thing as well. She said that she was also looking for a boyfriend, so I don't know. So apparently, uh, there's a it, there seems to be a trend of female fighters who like to find boyfriends or make it known that they're that they are single um, while fighting. Apparently, but I do have to agree with you regarding your pick of uh, Ham. Um I do think she'll win this. I think she'll win this very easily. I think this will be won't go beyond the first round, uh, unless Maysawa just you know. Wrestle fucks, grapple fucks, as they say. I don't think that this. I think, I think this is going to be lights out in the first round for for Mesawa. And then, like I said, she'll call out. Um, she'll call out uh, uh, Kana Azakura or um, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so uh, uh, or uh, Ay- Ay- uh, Ayaka Hamazaki actually. Excuse me. Um, which would be funny because if they have the fight, this will be a third fight that those two have. And it would be 0 and 2 between uh, with uh, all both wins going to Hamazaki, but I think that's probably what's going to happen in the end. But on to the next fight, and 
Some have said that this is the real main event of the Ryzen 17 show. I happen to agree with them. This to me is, as Jay Kuhn said in the interview that we did with him, this is the people's main event. It is Jake the Honey Bear Hewn taking on the Dancing Russian. He finally makes his appearance in Ryzen after, after months, after, actually probably like a year or two of basically going all over social media saying why he should be in Ryzen. He's taking on the Dancing Russian, Vitaly Shemitov. Now, some particulars about these two massive heavyweights. Actually, sorry, it'll be a lightweight fight. Uh, light heavyweight fight, excuse me. But nonetheless, they are still two very big people. Uh, Jay Kuhn fights in Australia now at Collingswood uh, Absolute MMA. Uh... 13-9, actually uh, just had a fight in Ryzen at Ryzen 16, where he defeated Rocky Martinez by split decision, and happened to, he looked amazing that fight, he looked incredible in that fight, uh, now his opponent, oh actually some, some, actually some other more particulars, he's 31, 6'2", um, and uh, originally from Anchorage, Alaska. Um, and, uh, Vitaly Shemitov, all the way from Russia, uh, fights out of his own academy, uh, with his brother, called the Shem Brother, Shem Bros Academy in Omsk, Russia, uh, I believe that is very close to Siberia, um, maybe even in Siberia, I'm not entirely sure, um, he's six foot one, 34 years old, is on a 10-fight winning streak with his most recent win coming up against Shannon the Cannon Rich, where he knocked out Rich while... It, this is the, one of the weirdest fights I've ever watched. It's from Legend King Championship 2. Shannon Rich is just basically trying to, like, get Shanitov to come to the ground, like, his entire time. It's basically doing butt scoots, going down to one knee. It's so bizarre. It's, 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 it's incredibly... It's, it's so weird. And then he just, have, he just knees... Uh, Rich in the face and Rich goes down like that uh, but that's his most notable win most of his other wins come against people who have 0-0, 0-1 4-2 type records um, but, no, but nonetheless not to, mention, not to mention Andrew, he's also had a fight against Rakeem Cleet which went into a no contest and by the way, can y'all hear me now? yes, we can hear you Christian um, but nonetheless, oh, good, good, because I know I missed out on the last few fights, and I'm gonna need to make up for it. Yeah, recording my own thoughts about. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like you said, the uh, the uh, Rakim Cleveland, um, um, fight that went to a no contest, and actually he was winning that fight until uh, until the um, uh, that that inadvertent low blow, I'll say. Um. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Um, but uh, yeah. So, in my opinion, this is a fight that I. And here's the thing as well. I uh, this is a fight that I also wrote about when I uh, for MMA Sucker when I was saying fights that they should make. And Jake Kuhn versus Vitaly Shemitov was one of them. So I thank the that the great uh, the great people at Ryzen for uh, making this fight. Um. But some other particulars we would I would like to go over between 
these two very, very charismatic people. So, Ryzen writes, Russian fighter Vitaly Shemitov will finally get a shot in the Ryzen ring against another character, Jake Kuhn from the U.S. Shemitov has a solid resume in his kickboxing background, while Hune showed his striking skills in his last fight. Expect some fireworks from these two. And so they classify both, fighter as, both fighters as strikers, and with Shemitov with a higher finishing rate at 71% versus Hune's at 62%, uh, Shemitov has 9 KOs, 1 sub, 3 decisions, um, uh, with his 14 wins. Uh, and um, Hune has five KOs, three subs, and five decisions. Um, and um, I want to read what what um, what Shemitov wrote to Ryzen, but it's literally a novel. What he wrote in uh, because whenever we get these Ryzen press releases, they have the fire quotes, and writers, you know, the the fires usually will say like, oh, you know like one or two sentences but he literally wrote an entire novel and i i'm tempted to read it just because i think it's amazing but it's so damn long it's so damn long um but i'm just i'm gonna read just what uh jq wrote uh and jq said i cannot wait to return to japan to rise in 17. My opponent has made lots of noise about wanting to be a part of Ryzen. I'm going to text him to see if he belongs. Uh, get going to text him to see if he belongs. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's an error on Ryzen's part. Um, but uh, he, as JQ says, get ready for some beautiful violence. But um, Shemitov basically went all over social media for months, asking for a fight in Ryzen. Doing, showing all these crazy workout videos in the middle of the cold Russian Siberian tundra, uh, running half naked in this probably what is minus degree weather, uh, like punching trees and also actually, what was I think it was for Ryzen 15, he was there in Japan. No, no, I'm sorry, it was Ryzen 16. He was. No, I'm sorry, no, no, it was Ryzen 15. Ryzen 15, he was in Japan, um, I'm guessing, to work out, uh, you know, this whole fight thing. And he was going all over Japan in a, in, a, in, a, in a red suit, riding around on a bicycle with his brother, just, like, attracting all of this attention, meeting fans and all this stuff. And it is something I've never seen before. But, nonetheless... Bruno, I gotta ask, have you been following Shemitov's whole thing about wanting to fight in Ryzen? Of course, of course. And uh, I, I, I still working in a lot, uh, an article about his story. Probably is gonna be published next week. And uh, the story of Shemitov brothers uh, was very interesting. Uh, I hope the, the fans uh, look it, it out uh, about that. But uh, you know, uh, I I was uh, uh, that 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 Shemtov team is uh, very interesting because uh, the the how uh, they will deliver some stuff to the fans. Uh, 
something I I always have have desire to to talk, especially with international fighters, is about when you fought in Japan, it's different than on other promotions. Okay, I need you to talk, I need you to call my opponents, blah blah blah. In Japan, it doesn't work like that. Uh, we, we need to have a connection with that fans, and I think this is, was the secret of success of it, of Shemito Brothers in that particular case, because if you look uh, how things the, they deliver, okay, it's crazy, it's something uh, we never see too much uh, before, but they always have the interest to introduce himself in the Japanese community. They want to have connection with the Japanese fan. He still learning Japanese, trying to mm-hmm. understand the culture, understand the 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 the, the people when uh, he will be a, 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 a worker. You know, and when he when you want to introduce himself to in the Japanese market, you need to introducing introduce himself to in the Japanese culture because you work to a Japanese company like Rising, you know, uh, and Shemitov doing the thing the people uh, I think uh, every every single fighter have interest to to fight in Japan. It's not only about crazy stuff. I'm not recommend the people oh, doing something crazy. Rising will pick you. No, I doing about the Japanese fans because you not come come to Japan only for okay. I I, I, I want to fight and take my money, be back to my country. No, so if you not show okay, I'm very interesting person uh, to the people. Uh, uh, choose me because I will deliver this to you. Uh, and that's that's something Shemetov do in the social media, uh, you know. And I think he they doing a great job. And uh, but uh, in the in the fighting business is not only do this. Okay, if you if you look what Conor McGregor doing. In the MMA, it's not about talk. It's not about uh, 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 appearances. Okay, it works for um, something while, but if you not deliver a performance in the ring, it's it's come to nothing again. Uh, and uh, I think uh, Shemetov know that, and uh, he, 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 I think Rising do pick Jake Hume for this uh, this opportunity for test Shemetov skills, and that's why I believe this fight's gonna be uh, fireworks. You know, uh, to have have guys come to the knockouts. But uh, I'm uh, before we recorded, I just uh, watching some Shemetov fights. Uh, he have kickboxing skills too. You know, and uh, if he he doing his thing, maybe he have more chances uh, to knock knock uh, JQ in, in maybe the first round, something like that. And if this is gonna be happen, man, we have a star here. Let's uh, let's work to promote this guy. He's not a, a Japanese guy, but we have potential here. He have charisma. He he he's still learning Japanese. You know. 
okay, uh, it's not our, uh, it's not only the Japanese guy he talks Japanese, but uh, this attitude is different. I think in in the whole scenario of uh, combat sports business right now, uh, they need more people like Shemitov, and. Uh, Let's see, let's see, but uh, uh, it's, it's hard to, to say what's going to be happening on this fight because uh, if Jake uh, try to take this fight to the ground, maybe the plan is not the, what was expected, but uh, it's a very good opportunity, I think. Uh, it's a unique opportunity to Shemitov Brothers have. And uh, to answer your question, Yes, Omsk is a city close to Siberian region, and uh, you know it's a some coldest place in the world. Uh, it's a really uh, crazy to see guys like uh, Shemitov doing something like that. But I think uh, they try to emulate uh, f uh, what Fedor Emelianenko do that in in Pride. Uh, maybe they. They believe, okay, I'm a Russian guy, I have a knockout power like Fedor, I can emulate again uh, something like this to impress the Japanese fans. Let's see, let's see if this will be happen on site Marina. Um, and if this, this dream is going to be true. So I'm going to just read a little bit from his uh, from his novel that he wrote and uh, that, that was providing the rising press release, why he's fighting. This is one of the most unique... And I've made, it's the first time where I've ever heard from a fighter saying that saying anything remotely close to this. He writes, Probably somebody knows that in the past I lived in Japan for one year, and I was dating a Japanese girl. We lost contact after I returned to Siberia, and I hope she will see my belt in Ryzen on TV now that we know that it's going to be delayed, and it's going to be this, this, this far down the card. Unfortunately, she may not see on TV, so um, that's unfortunate. But hopefully it'll make TV somehow. Um, but nonetheless, uh, he writes, uh, yeah, and rise on TV. And maybe I will have a chance to meet her again. I will fight for love. My entrance is dedicated to her. This song is Scorpions. Still love you. See you on Saitama Arena, Ryzen 17. So not only does he, is he, is he wants to fight because, you know, he obviously has a love for Japanese people, Japanese culture. He's fighting so that he can be recognized by a girl that he met a, a met some time ago and hoping that she sees him and I don't know I guess is like oh that's that's the guy I was seeing let me let me go to the arena or let me reach out to him to, uh, to let him know that I'm still here Bruno what do you think about this whole thing that he's basically that he's kind of fighting to get back uh, a lost love in a, uh, a lost love it's crazy man uh, I think this was uh, unexpected when they come to Japan you know probably they have uh, folks that to get opportunity to fight in writing and this particular uh, thing is, happens man and uh, but uh, you know, it's like a, a TV drama, and uh, okay, uh, I am a promoter. I can explore this little bit. You know, Japanese fans love the a story. Uh, if you uh, we saw in 
the uh, when Kid Yamamoto the uh, passed away, uh, they will be smart to promote that in in, in that particular event, especially with Miyu Yamamoto fought, and uh, and they reach a very good numbers in the audience. Uh, I think in the it's it's something content you can you can choose it's not uh, uh, it's, it's not like uh, uh, UFC doing but you know okay uh, we have this story to tell the fans uh, but uh, I think uh, it's not only this they they can uh, use uh, the the dream to fighting rising you know uh, he's doing a hell of things to to be here and now he had the opportunity to to make your dream true and uh, uh, I think right now uh, it's depend on exclusive on, on Vitali and uh, but you know MMA is so hard sports and uh, I think he, if he wants to, to make his dream a reality, it's not only about love because it's a particular thing. You know, let's see if, if he had a success with, with that thing too, but it, it's not going to be happening. Personally, let professionally uh, will be uh, still in all the hands and uh, he, 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 he had the opportunity to, to, to get the victory and be successful in, in rising. Well, I think also is that it should be noted that this is uh, Vitaly's, this is Shemitov's uh, first fight in uh, almost two years exactly. So he's had a two-year layoff. Obviously, he has not stopped training because he just that's all he was posting on the internet was uh, videos of him training. Um, I mean, it's so weird because like, when it comes to picking who I would like to see win, listen, JQ, you know, JQ is... You know, he, that guy is an entertaining guy. He's a pro wrestler. He He's a pro wrestler. He knows how to entertain. He knows how to be a character. He understands, you know, the, 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 the old, the, coming out, you know, dressed up as, um, as, um, Star, Star Wars from, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Or coming out dressed as Top Gun. He know he understands what it is that's not just a fight. It's also getting people to remember who you are. And, and what you did, and he does that by with his entrances, from the way he promotes his fights and all that. But then we have this this feel good story of, of this of this Russian fighter, you know, two years layoff, trying to get a fight in Japan, manages to get that fight, and we find out that he's fighting because he wants to get uh, he wants to reconnect with a uh, girl that he met while he was staying in Japan. There are so many facets to this fight, and I want to say that like I wish they both could win, but obviously that cannot happen in an MMA match. There has to be a winner, or it could or it could just go to a draw. Who knows? But none, but most likely it will be a winner. So I'm going to I'm going to posit the question to you, Bruno. Who do you think wins this fight between Vitaly Shemitov and Jay Kuhn? Man, it's a hard one, really hard one, because uh, you know, uh, in my point of view, uh, Shemitov have more chances on stand up, but uh, he uh, he take down defense is not too good, and uh, I think if Jake Hume feels in trouble a little bit, 
he wants to take him down. But man, uh, believe me, Shemitov, he is a very hard uh, fighter. You know, uh, it's not only to to uh, make knockouts, but uh, he he was a warrior. He he can. Uh, receiving punches and still be fighting and I think Shemitov have more chances but you know uh, if he d doesn't uh, uh, make this fight on the stand-up it's not to be a good night to him yeah you know I know this is a really tough fight I mean I... <sighs> the thing is that I'm like I think that Hume will win but I want Shemitov to win it's it's that weird conundrum of of picking who you think will win, but who you but like who who's your favorite versus who will win. Damn, this this is a tough one, man. Like, and I was like, this is I think this is the toughest fight to really like to really come down to and think of of uh, when it comes to thinking of what uh and um my my thoughts are. Well, do you think this will go to a finish? Bruno? I don't know, man. And uh, I, I, I was believing Shemitov can be finished. Uh, he had his skills about that. But uh, the problem is if the fight passed for after the first... Uh, Jake Hume have more more chances. Uh, uh, Jake uh, do his thing against Rock Martinez. Uh, he he show a little bit conditioning. Uh, maybe that that fact can be help Jake Hume on, on this fight. But you know, uh, heavy, uh, heavyweight divisions uh, always. Uh, uh, was unpredictable. One punch, one, one kick can be changing everything, and uh, that's the the kind of things uh, I I I was uh, believe Shemitov have more chances to knock him out, but uh, it's it, it, we, we we not can um, uh, disagree about that that kind of facts, especially a two year layoff about uh, Shemitov. And uh, but uh, we we need to see uh, how how he he his training camp was being, and uh, because I think he's still on training because uh, he they doesn't know when Rising will give that that opportunity, and maybe it's it's gonna be helpful. But uh, when when you still out of training camp. Uh, it's a some detail can be more uh, be the decisive on this particular match, and uh, but uh, I I think it's it's hard to pick someone, but uh, my pick was on Shenton by knockout on the first. But man, Jake Hume is not easy guy to beat, mm -hmm. especially for finish. So I think I'm going to just be I'm going to be uh, the contrarian here. And the, I'm gonna be the bad guy in this. I think that Hune will take this. I think that Hune is a fresher fighter. He's he's coming off of a fight already, so and we saw what he could do in that fight and what he can do to win a fight. The uh, my I'm going to go with the guy who who's who just is more, I guess, who's just who just recently had a fight 
and is already familiar with the game versus a guy who hasn't fought in two years. But regardless of that, this is a fight I'm going to say I'm most looking forward to. I'm really surprised it is this low on the card. Um, yeah, actually, Bruno, let me ask about that. Why do you think it's so low on the card? I kind of figured this would be either before the intermission or after the intermission, especially because it's a uh, light heavyweight fight. Do you think... What do you, why do you think they made it so low? I don't know. I don't know uh, that type of, of decision. But if you look in the, the promoting stuff, they always focus on the Japanese for guys on the main card. And, uh, and we have Tiger. You know, Tiger is a very popular fighter. And uh, probably that they... they that decision and uh, we have uh, Ivan Shirchkov too and uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know Ivan Shirchkov is the sometimes type of guy he can man uh, we have a monster here we have someone who can <laughs> maybe be nightmare to you on the night you know and uh, I think probably they 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 make that that decision uh because of Shuchkov, I guess. Uh, you know, probably mm. Shuchkov. We, we will talk later about this, yeah. but... Go uh, with the other Russian. Probably will. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's coming to, 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 to make a, a statement. Uh, probably a, a brutal knockout, something like that. You know, and and that's why Rising put that that guy on the main card and, and bring Shemitov on, on the, 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 the first because, uh, you know, you, you need to entertain the fans too, man. Uh, it's, it, it, it's hard to, to talk about the, the, the fight card because uh, in Japan, every single fight uh, is important. It's not like US, the people doesn't care about prelims and, uh, okay, let's see the main card and and, and put the the plan prelims outside, but here Japan, man, you see, you have the opportunity to see the the fans coming to the arena, but you see every single fight and uh, be there from the first fight to the top of bottom, and uh, uh, the and the the events need to deliver everything. Uh, probably they 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 try to adjust some excitement to the fans and the steps is still growing. We, we, we put the girls first and we have a Shemitov, Heyu, and the, the middle of that, we have a, some, another, we have a Satoshi, we have a Kitaoka versus Case, uh, and the, the, the top of bottom, we have the three main events and, uh, and shirt cup stuff. Uh, I think it's a very good fight, very good, very good card in the in the the scenario with uh, without Horiguchi, without Tenshin, without Hirina, uh, they have a very solid card, very very good fights to to watch. Uh, and with that, you know, I, I could talk about this fight forever because there's so many facets and so much like layers to this fight. But we can't talk about this fight forever. All I'll just say is that I'm looking forward to it. It's the fight I'm most looking forward to, and I hope there's fireworks, as Jay Kuhn says. Uh, on to the next fight, we talked about that there are going to be lightweight qualifiers for the upcoming Ryzen lightweight tournament coming up, and this will be one of them. Uh, and this match will be the Brazilian now living in Hamamatsu, Japan, Roberto Satoshi Souza taking on now no longer in the UFC. 
uh, now is a Ryzen fighter, Mizuto Hirota. Um, actually, didn't leave the U.S. Left U.S.C. maybe like, like maybe like it feels like maybe a month or two ago he got released and is already in Ryzen. And um, well, this will be a Ryzen MMA rules match at light lightweight, as I said. But here's the interesting interesting thing: it is the only match uh, besides obviously the kickboxing matches where elbows will not be allowed. So keep that in mind when you are watching this fight or betting or whatever that that these two are not allowed to throw elbows but some particulars about this matchup Roberto Satoshi Souza 8 and 0 29 years old 5'11 originally from Sao Paulo Brazil trains out of his I believe his own gym uh Bruno you can correct me on that if that's uh, if that's wrong but uh his own gym uh Bonsai Jiu-Jitsu um and uh, is basically one of the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys in the world. Uh, numerous, competed in numerous grappling tournaments, has taken on people like Gordon Ryan, uh, let's see, Daisuke Nakamura, uh, Thiago Oliveira, but that was an MMA match. Um, I'm trying to look through his grappling things. Clark Gracie. Gracie. Um, and... Uh, is well known for the rear naked choke. His he's got a very dangerous rear naked choke, um, and um, he is just recently had the uh, win at Ryzen 15 against Satoru Kitaoka, uh, which he won by basically standing knockouts uh, in the second round in a very exciting fight. That was a really really amazing matchup that those two had. Um, but uh, on to Mizuto Hirota, who is 38 years old, five foot seven, originally uh, born in Isahaya, Nagasaki, Japan. Now trains at the Cave uh, Team in uh, Nakano, Tokyo. Um, has a record right now of 18 wins, 10 losses, and two draws. Uh, and unfortunately is on a three-fight losing streak. Um, all, those three losses coming in the UFC to uh, Ross Pearson, Alexander Volkanovsky, and Christos Giagos. Gia, uh, but he does have, uh, he has fought in deep, ro uh, let's see what else, Strike Force, Cage Force, uh, Sengoku, and also Shuto. And has wins over notable fighters such as Daisuke Nakamura, Masakazu Imanari, who is the originator of the Imanari role, Cole Miller, Jin uh, Kazeta, Kazeta, and uh, Duki Shin. Now, he is also most famous for a particular fight that he lost. And that was a fight against Shinya Aoki at the Fields Dynamite New Year's Eve show in 2009. Shinya Aoki got him in a hammerlock and proceeded to break Hirota's shoulder and then gave him the middle finger and I believe caused a riot between like the two teams. Uh, I think the two teams wound up fighting each other and they had to, they had to uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Aoki had to be 
had to be escorted by security um, because of his behavior. Uh, but actually, interesting note as well, that is the only time that Hirota has ever been finished. All of his other fights that he lost have been by decision. So he's only been finished once. And so, uh, Bruno, I want to pass it off to you because um, being that Roberto, Roberto Satoshi Souza is Brazilian, I'm guessing you've had uh, more interaction with him um, when he started in Ryzen. Is that correct? Yes, uh, I went to his gym uh, probably one year ago, and uh, I have a close uh, relationship with the the clever Koikis. He's a training partner, and uh, Marquinhos Souza too. And uh, yes, uh, you are correct. And uh, uh, Roberto owned that bonsai gym in it's in Hamamatsu City, city. Uh, and uh, he he was a co-owner on that gym with Marquinhos, and the Marquinhos, of course, uh, he will be fighting in, in Rising. Unfortunately, he he was postponed for his fight uh, in August in Rising Nagoya uh, due by injury, but uh, probably he will be. Be, be making this on October. Uh, I think that that fight uh, against Mizuto Hirota probably he, he decided who will be participating of lightweight Grand Prix later this year. Uh, they announced uh, this this week that uh, Grand Prix will be starting in October in Osaka City. In, it's the first time in the rising is coming to Osaka. Uh, in in that particular show, and uh, Satoshi is a very uh, is is one of the the most uh, important uh, BJJ grapplers, especially here in Asia. He he's a king of uh, of this here here right now uh, because he had a lot of grappling titles. Uh, he competes in ADCC, you know, uh, in the United States, in Abu Dhabi, and uh, he have a very uh, amazing results in grappling tournaments. But he he's still growing in MMA. He not have much uh, experience in MMA, and uh, in this fight against uh, Kitaoka uh, in, in the last show, uh, uh, last. Uh, that show in Saitama, it's so much uh, unpredictable. He he got that that uh, TKO victory, and uh, okay, Rising doing uh, see that performance. Okay, let's let's put another tough tough opponent with better uh, striking skills to to show what Satoshi will will be deliver. Uh, that's I think that uh, that's that's something excitement. Uh, they want to promote to the fans to to show uh, how how most important lightweight fighters is coming uh, to the Grand Prix later this year, and this is uh, one of uh, uh, good fights we will show, and uh, they they bring another chance to Satoru Kitaoka too, and against Johnny Case, and uh, the, this particular two fights will be determined uh, who be advanced to the lightweight tournament. But Satoshi is a very dangerous dangerous fighter, especially if the fight is going to be on the ground. The, they competed in welterweight division in, 
in BJJ tournaments and the weight the weight size difference uh, can be the be decisive in favor of Satoshi against uh, Hirota but uh, Hirota have a very good striking skills uh, it's not be easy to Satoshi uh, to, to get this victory but uh, let's see uh, his performance uh, in Saito Marina yeah um it's uh, oh it's all I forgot to also add that Hirota is also was a, is a former deep and Sengoku champion um, but yeah, you know, like you said, he, uh, you know, what's interesting about, uh, uh, by the way, I just want to know, I've seen his name spelled Souza and De Souza. Which is the correct one, Bruno? Uh, if you look the document in the Japanese ID, you will see Roberto Satoshi De Souza. But, uh, normally, uh, I called him Roberto Satoshi. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I I under I understand uh, rising. Uh, it's it's a Japanese team. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I saw I saw the last name of him, and we put uh, that name on 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 the card. But if if you are uh, promoting correctly, we can saw Roberto Satoshi because Satoshi was a Japanese name, but yeah. it's not the the last name of Roberto. You know, uh, it's weird, but uh, okay. Uh, we can promote him uh, much better. Uh, I think if if he they choose Roberto Satoshi was perfect because Satoshi is a Japanese name. May maybe he connected better with the Japanese audience. But okay, uh, that's <laughs> the Souza uh, for for the particular case. Uh, not make much difference. Uh, yeah, and um. You know, it's it's it, you know it's kind of interesting that they decide to po the, to to put a guy who is on a losing streak with uh, uh in Hirota versus a guy who is obviously eight and zero uh, and Roberto Satoshi. I think it's an interesting uh, uh, interesting matchup, which tells it tells me that they want one guy one guy to win and the other guy not to win. Also, just want to bring up about Roberto Satoshi speaks fluent Portuguese, obviously speaks fluent Japanese, and also speaks English. Uh, so this guy, this he speaks three languages, which is amazing. Because uh, I I talked with a little bit with him on uh, on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, he uh, I, I don't know how not I don't know how he finds time to to know to know so many languages and to be a killer in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. But I digress. So, um, what what do you think about this uh, about about pairing him up with a guy who's three who's zero and three in his last fights, um, Bruno? That tells me that they want Satoshi to win this match and to obviously go on to the uh, lightweight tournament. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably they expected that, but uh, uh, you know, MMA is so different sport. Uh, everything can be happen, uh, and it's they facing another Japanese guy and uh, we, we need to consider that, that facts uh, Roberto was very much younger than than Hirota uh, probably he have more gas of on his tank in MMA career uh, we not saw how much fights Hirota wants to do probably to come to, to the retirement and probably uh, they fix fix that fight 
they determine that fight not uh, for Bobby because he's gonna be win no but it's bring a much tougher test than than Kitaoka to see how Satoshi will react maybe mm. I don't know I'm um, just gonna also briefly read some fire quotes from uh, Roberto Satoshi and uh, Hirota and this is from Roberto Satoshi uh, he writes I am very happy to test my uh, I'm very happy to test my skills oops I just lost it oh here it is I'm very happy I'm very happy to be able to test myself by facing such tough opponents like Hirota I will show the greatness of jiu-jitsu by submitting this challenge put in front of me I hope to show the appeal of jiu-jitsu to as many people as I can with my performance and then Hirota wrote I moved to Tokyo from Nagasaki uh, after watching Pride and deciding to become a professional fighter so I am much honored to be able to fight on a platform where the pride soul still lives. Souza is not only a great jiu-jitsu practitioner, but has adjusted to MMA well and is a great threat in MMA as well. I'm currently in Tiger Muay Thai, so I stand corrected, he's not at the cave anymore, he's at Tiger Muay Thai, setting up fight camp, so I'll be ready and make sure to deliver a KO for everybody. So this is, a, this is gonna be an interesting matchup. You know, it's funny, I think that Hirota might be the better, or might be, this is maybe his toughest matchup uh, uh, against um, um, Roberto Satoshi's toughest matchup. Kitaoka, I don't want to say he's a one-note fighter, but there's a reason why he has 42 wins with no, none of them being KOs. Being, they're all submissions and decisions. He's, uh, he's good at those submissions. He's good at grappling, but his stand-up has never been the same. Has, that hasn't always been the best. Mizuto Hirota, on the other hand, is a very well-rounded fighter. So in this case, uh, what do you, do you, Bruno? Do you think this will probably be uh, Roberto's toughest matchup uh, to date, MMA wise? I think so. I think so. And uh, you know, uh, Satoshi. Everyone knows the the this grappling skill Satoshi has, but they need to do some improvement in stand up. You know. And uh, I I think the, the the scenario is is something uh, something like clever quick performance in case W. Uh, okay, let's put that guy to lose to some Polish local fighter and clever uh, show her sk his skills in case W promotion and uh, be the champion. You know, probably it's gonna be happening with Satoshi too, but. Uh, they ha they not have too much time to improvement to make improvements, especially on striking. And the, that that's the challenge Satoshi facing uh, facing in rising. And uh, we we'll see it's gonna what's gonna be happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a Brazilian as a BJJ practitioner, as we saw in the in the fight, when he was taking punches to the face, it was some it was a position that he was not comfortable being in. Um, Roberto Satoshi, I'm talking about. So hopefully since that fight, you know, he's had a few months to prepare for that. He understands, you know, the step up in competition that he will be facing in Mizuto Hirota, who I think is obviously a much more stronger uh, stand-up guy than uh, Kitaoka. Actually, I'm just going to read one more quick thing from the Ryzen uh, Instagram page. So uh, they write, Jiu-Jitsu expert will be taking on the tough and well-rounded Mizuto Hirota. Hirota has only been submitted once in his career, and all of his finishes have come from KO or TKO, 
Souza will need to step up his game plan in order to face a much solid veteran and take the win. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that he's when he's finished these fights, Hirota, they've all been by knockout. And, you know, if what we saw in the last fight with Souza is that if there was probably a much more stronger striker, Souza probably could have been finished by a guy like that. So then, you know, I, I guess I'm just going to ask out, uh, ask um, uh, Bruno, uh, who do you think takes this fight? Do you think Souza wins uh, or do you think Hirota will uh, snap that losing streak that, he, that he's on? Yeah, it's another hard one, but uh, I will believe uh, Satoshi. Will, in particular, this time, this time, Satoshi will be bring him to the ground and get the submission to show his skills to the the mainstream audience. Probably the the mainstream fans doesn't know him yet, but it's a perfect opportunity to to see. Satoshi Souza uh, perform in the resume. Yeah, you know, I have to agree. I think that Souza will take this match. I think it'll, you know, I think this will be the second time that Hirota will lose by submission. Um, I'm not so sure how. Probably, I don't know. I, I just, you know, when I see uh, Roberto Satoshi, I just think, oh, he's going to go for that rear naked choke. Uh, tried to go for it in the Kitaoka fight, but Kitaoka obviously knows how to defend against stuff like that, so he obviously gonna get that in but when he locks when he takes your back it's basically you don't have a most people don't have a prayer I do think that Sozo will take this by submission um, if he knocks him out that will be quite impressive if he does that but I think this will be a submission win for Sozo and he will go on to the uh, I guess official brackets of the lightweight Torment uh, that Ryzen is having, and then we also have another lightweight fight next, following this one, and it is the return of Tatsuya the Crusher Karajiri taking on a Russian prospect by the name of Ali Abdul Kalikov, and if you don't know who that is, not surprised, he is. A fighter from Russia, as I said, and he will. Uh, I'm going to get his record up in a second. Uh, he is seven and zero, so we have another undefeated fighter in the lightweight tournament. Uh, he is five foot nine, uh, fighting out of Mitishi, Russia, uh, and it has most from from the fights that I've watched of him. He is mostly he comes from that. That, that Russian wrestling style. You know, if you've seen Khabib Nurmagomedov, you know that that style of, of Russian wrestling where it's just pressure, pressure. Put, it, put, put him against the cage or the ring or whatever and just basically make... I don't want to say hug them uh, for, for three, for, until the round ends, but basically that is the style that he, that he works. Um... And, you know, some people like that type of fighting. Other people don't. Um, you know, that's the, I guess in the eye of the beholder. Um, but he will, his opponent, Tetsuya the Crusher Kawajiri, uh, returning after a win. I'm sorry, excuse me, a loss at the uh, Ryzen last Yaranoke card from uh, 
the uh, December 21st show of last year. Um, lost to Kitaoka in that match. Uh, actually, is on a two-fight losing streak, if I remember correctly, because I think the last fight that he lost before that was the Gabriel Oliveira um, fight in the um, uh, Ryzen Bantamweight Grand Prix. Um, so, he ha is going up in weight this time, or I should say he's staying at weight, um, uh, and hopefully having more, well, I should say, hopefully we'll have better luck in this tournament. Uh, now for more specific particulars, Kawajiri is 41, 5'7", and is 36, 13, and 2. And his opponent, uh, Abdul Kalikov, um, I don't have his age, but he is, uh, I think I said he's 5'9", 7-0. So we have two, the, the story of this fight basically is the up-and-coming prospect taking on the veteran who might be, might be coming to the end of their career. I, I kind of, I thought that Kawaji was going to retire after that Yarinoka fight, that seemed like, but he didn't. Um, I'm just going to read what it has on the Ryzen uh, Instagram page here between these two. Seasoned veteran Tetsuya Kawajiri will be taking on undefeated Russian prospect Ali Abdul-Kalikov. Ali has phenomenal striking skills and a solid ground game. The crusher will have to close distance in order to fight uh, and execute his fight style and overcome his young foe. Um, I'm sorry, actually, I have his age is 25. So almost 20 years his uh, senior Kawajiri is. And uh, so uh, the finishing rate uh, for Ali Abdul Kalikov is 43% versus Kawajiri's who's at 61. Uh, in uh, Abdul Kalikov's seven fights, he's had three knockouts and four submissions. And Kawajiri's uh, 12 knockouts and 10 uh, submissions with 13 decisions and two draws, as I said. So this is a, a matchup I'm not so sure if I want to see. I was hoping that Kawajiri would retire after his last match because he did not look very well. He, except for one round, I believe it was, because it did go to the split decision. He did not look entirely good in that last fight. Um, so, yeah, Bruno, I'm going to pass this off to you because my voice is starting to hurt. What do you think about this matchup between the veteran versus the up-and-coming prospect? Yeah, it's something... Uh... It's something you described uh, very perfect, and uh, uh, I I I was believe Kawajiri uh, consider he considered to not retire after the, his uh, his loss to Kitaoga, but uh, he he didn't, and uh, he he wants to to face uh, face uh, another fighter in in the, his perspective, but. You know, uh, it's hard, man. It's hard to see a, a very, very good, good fighter like uh, Kawajiri uh, to see he, he he performs and and I not told about the fall, but uh, you know, uh, he he was a veteran. Uh, you know, uh, Kalikov uh, is not uh, is not a, a, a fighter. Okay, I put here here to to your take a victory. Uh, he, he was a undefeated. He's a very tough opponent. He's a bigger than Kawajiri, and uh, probably Kawajiri will have a very very big problems in that fight. But I think it's a, it's about the Japanese uh, 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 pride, you know. 
the guys doesn't want to accept the facts. Okay, it's time. It's time to to step away, and uh, they need to understand in the in the hard way. Uh, I hope uh, not going to be happen this time, but you know. It is what it is, and let's see uh, if Kawajiri will be will be best of this fight on and take the victory. But I I don't agree, man. Uh, every single fight from Russia is is not is not easy is a fight to face. Mm-hmm. And especially we saw that with the uh, Darren Crookshank Tofik Musayev fight. I mean, no, technically not from Russia. He's from um um uh, um. Where's uh, Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan, that's it. But nonetheless, close enough to Russia that I'm going to count that. But yeah, so this is going to be a very tough matchup for Kawajiri, especially because as we've seen, he's gotten much slower. You know, he's much more battle damage, as they say. As as they say, he's definitely not the same fighter that he was a few years ago. Just like that, just just that violent and and fast and and strong fighter. Um, uh, I'm going to read what he wrote uh, in the Ryzen press release. He wrote, uh, he says, I will take on the young lion as the first step to my final challenge of my career. I have changed my training schedule after 20 years, started to work with a personal trainer for lifting, and I have been training in the best condition that I've ever been in. Please cheer my name when I am down. I will need your help to get past my upcoming obstacles. I will turn to all of your voices into power on July 28th at the Saitama Super Arena. Please support my last challenge. And then Ali Abdul Kalikov wrote, uh, says, I am glad that I had the honor to fight in Japan. I will fight against a truly legendary athlete in Tetsuya Kawajiri. I hope we will show the real show and delight the audience. See you at the Saitama Super Arena, friends. So what Kawajiri is apparently saying is that this is going to be his last run. You know, maybe his last, you know, if he advances, you know, Maybe he'll he'll try to ride out to the end, but if he doesn't, maybe he'll just you know maybe if he loses you know at, if he does lose after this fight, maybe he's just gonna say, "I'm done." I don't know. Well, you know, it's it's always interesting when MMA fighters retire. You know, yeah, Alexander Gustafsson uh, retired this year, which nobody was expecting, and then you you're you're having people like Tito Ortiz who you know. I don't, I don't know if he ever officially said he was retired, but, uh, you know, I'm, for a while wasn't fighting, and then suddenly comes back. So it's just funny how MMA, you know, it's just a weird sport where people who you least expect retire, and then the people who probably should retire, retire. But, um... In that, in that particular case, we can remember Takanorigomi. Uh, ah, yeah. Because, you know... Uh, Takanagami always considered to retire, but it's not gonna be happen. Mm-hmm. Probably is that same case like Kawajiri, you know. Probably considering uh, Kawajiri get the victory, have a great performance, and the rising of make offer to okay, uh, let's bring another shot and be part, uh, be a part of a lightweight Grand Prix. Do you think he he will reach it out? Oh no, no, man, I'm done. I'm going to to retire, and uh, you know, uh, it's business, man. In the end of end of the day, it's a business. We need to to understand the, what 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 the things gonna be happen. In that that case of Kawajiri, 
probably it's uh, it's weird because uh, if he make another loss, probably uh, is a push to retirement. But uh, it's uh, when he got uh, a very good performance. If if that uh, happens, uh, they take a part of lightweight tournaments. Is opportunity. I think he he not will pass out. I also just want to say one more thing that this is what he said during that Rise of Seventeen press conference uh, that happened about a week ago. He says that my performance on the New Year's Eve show was was pathetic. I thought about calling quits, but the good thing about me is that I'm a sore loser. I've changed everything up in my training and I feel great. I think I'll be stepping in the ring in the best condition, but at the end of the day, it's the heart that matters. I ask all the fans to come support me and give me and all the fires strength and courage. So, you know, even he said that he thought about calling quits, but he doesn't want to go out as a quitter. You know, he wants he certainly wants to go out as a winner. He wants to go out on his own terms. But um, there has to be a winner, and there has to be a loser. So I'm going to ask uh, Bruno, who do you think takes this fight between Tetsuya Kawajiri and Ali Abdul Kalikov? I think uh, Abdul Kalikov will, will bring that that win. I don't know what's going to be happening. Maybe, maybe finish or decision. Probably more like decision, decision win. And, uh, and and unfortunately, we see Kaji retire and uh, off this this long long way in MMA. But man, MMA was so unpredictable. And uh, let's see if it's gonna be happens on reality. But uh, I was confident in uh, Kalikovskis. I uh, I did watch some of his fights and like I said, you know, most, you know, it's a fight he fights a style that a lot of people I guess are divided on in terms of, you know, whether they fight it find exciting or not. Um I hope he doesn't fight the way that he usually does in in Russia and Japan cuz it will be it will not be looked at favorably, I'll just say that. But I think that Abdul Kalikov will win this match. Um and actually I think he's going to finish this. I think I think we've seen that Kawajiri, and you know, here's the thing, Kawajiri's going up a weight class, that's the other thing. I think that he's going to, he's going to leave himself open, and he's going to get knocked out, unfortunately. Um, whether he retires or not, I don't know. That's, 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 a, that's a greater question that, you know, if, at this, predicting retirements is, is, in MMA is, is absolutely nerve-wracking. So all I'll say is that I just think that Abdul Kalikov will win this match. Um, would I like to see? I, sorry, go ahead, Bruno. Uh, can I say something about this? Yeah, go ahead. It's not only uh, about about uh, retirement stuff, but about Russians. Yeah. Uh, I I I will I will use my social media for a long time to say what's gonna what, something different is gonna be happen in MMA. Uh, I I I will be funny a little bit about this. But uh, I have opportunity last year to be in Russia and to meet much people to try to understand why uh, this is, will be happen in MMA. And I, I not find the, the 100% the answer yet, uh, maybe soon uh, when uh, I will be back to Russia again. 
but uh, uh, something different is uh, is happening in Russia. Uh, much people uh, doesn't agree with me, but uh, I, I'm always told to everyone stay looking forward for Russian fighters, especially from prospects, especially about uh, how much fighters uh, to be come from Russia. I not told only for Khabib uh, team stuff for Dagestan because every time we talk about Russia, the people looking for for Dagestan. Oh, uh, oh, we have a uh, bad guys from Dagestan, tough men's. Of course, it was because of Khabib. Uh, maybe about uh, Mamed Khalidov, uh, but. Uh, Russia def was developing a lot, a lot of fighters. Uh, if you cannot agree with me, uh, remember a little bit what's gonna be happened in one championship uh, event in Tokyo, when nobody, nobody expected the Timofey Nastukin is gonna be doing his thing and knocking. Eddie Alvarez, top lightweight in the world, number four uh, in, the, in the UFC rankings. He he was destroyed by Nasukin and so fast, so incredible performance. But it's a uh, it's something about hard work of Russian guys. You know they have a, a more talents coming. I can mention it to you uh, a, a lot of names here. Uh, can you fix it, your eyes on, on them? Because uh, Russia is gonna be strong, man. Uh, they, they, they. If if you can take a little bit look at, uh, they have a UFC two two forty two in Abu Dhabi. If you look at that whole card, it's it's like Russia versus world in that card. We could happen in Abu Dhabi. It's not like Moscow, you know. Uh, that kind of things uh, will indicate to us how Russia will become strong to MMA and uh, in that opportunity probably can be one of uh, the opportunities uh, to a casual fan, to a hardcore fan can be, can be see uh, how much Russia will be developing the, that guys uh, and because they are so much passionate, they have so much hardcore, uh, so much desire to to deliver in that kind of things, and uh, and but it's 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 sad thing too because they not have much opportunity uh, to to show the world uh, the the. Uh, how much uh, talent they, they are, how much uh, skills they have. Uh, we we saw a little bit because uh, now they have a, a ACA promotion, uh, they have a fight night promotion, but uh, they not get much opportunity, especially in UFC, because they have a visa, visa issues, something like that. But hopefully, uh, I, I think for for Rising to give a more opportunity to one championship, it starts to, to recognize the, the 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 some talent we have in in Russia, and we'll see a little bit more, I guess. And uh, um, but uh, I think something uh, the the people in MMA need to stay more focused at because, man, 
the the guys is not is not going to uh, uh, to be fun. The guys come to to take over uh, definitely. Yeah, I do agree. I think uh, you know, you, you, I, I, you, there is something in the water in Russia, as they say, and you know, there's a reason why we've seen these influx of Russian, Dagestani, Azerbaijani, uh, Cyb, uh, Ukrainian, all these fires coming from all from from just that area of the country, and why, you know, it's, it's basically like a it's a new wave of, you know, it's like when all the Brazilians were coming into MMA and dominating uh, when uh, no. Um, what was the name of all those uh, team Nova Uniao? Uniao? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, Nova Uniao stay focused at more or low weights. Uh, uh, she have a lot. They have a lot of girls uh, like Kathleen Vieira, like Lara Procopio step in. Uh, but Nova Uniao is still changing. After Jose Aldo or uh, Eduardo Dantas and other fighters uh, um, to be have successful, and uh, I think I think uh, I think the Brazilian MMA is still uh, is, is still changing a little bit because they understand the, the business right now. They they need to be more professional in some uh, specific points like a conditioning like uh, 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 high-level high skills, like wrestling, especially wrestling, uh, because Jiu-Jitsu, they are tough in striking, they have a very good talent, but uh, always wrestling is going to be weak point of resilience, and they understand that, and they, they try to fix it, uh, this on on Brazil, and we see a little bit, a little bit success, uh, especially on the on the 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 women's division. Let's see how that that girls are doing UFC, like Amanda, like Jessica Andrade, and another girls are can be much stronger for Brazil. But uh, it's it's a special thing I, I told to to you in this podcast about Russia because. Uh, Probably the people not see too much about this. This they think, oh, it's a miracle or something like that, and it's not. Uh, they are really, really very hard workers, uh, trying to do his thing in, and try to to find an opportunity uh, to to change his life. And uh, we can talk a little bit early. Uh, about Shemetov, well, look how Shemetov needs to do to take the attention from promotion, man. Uh, it's something crazy to to see uh, guys uh, with very very good talent not have much opportunities outside in his whole country. Exactly, you, you hit, the, hit the nail right in the head. Um, we're going to move on to the next fight, though. Uh, it will be the second to last lightweight qualifying. Uh, tournament, uh, and we'll see two returning Ryzen veterans. I, uh, I should, well, one's a veteran, the other one is in the second fight, I'll say. Uh, we first have Satoru Kitaoka, who we talked about before, uh, uh, taking on Johnny Hollywood Case, all the way from Las Vegas. Um, fights out of, uh, well, well, the particulars, let's do uh, Kitaoka first. Has an incredible record of 42 wins, 19 losses, and 9 draws. Uh, which is, you know, I think I'm more 
perplexed by the nine draws because that's insane. Um, Johnny Case, 25-6-1. Uh, Kitaoka uh, fights out of Lotus in Shinjuku, Tokyo, Japan. 5'6", uh, 39. Um, lost his last fight in Ryzen against, as we said before, Roberto Satoshi. Uh, uh, it was a uh, second round uh, knockout. Um, on the other hand, his opponent, Johnny Hollywood Case, is on a Ryzen winning streak. Lost his, won his last Ryzen, his Ryzen debut uh, against Yusuke Yachi by Dr. Stoppage at Ryzen 14. Um, and if you look up uh, Yusuke Yachi I, you're going to see a nasty ass disgusting uh, eye injury. I believe, it was, I believe it was to his left eye, if I remember correctly. It's just, it looks like somebody just took um, an air pump and just pumped that eye full of air. Um, actually, you know, uh, if you remember, I think it was, um, I'm trying to remember the Eddie Alvarez. I think it was, was it Alvarez and Cerrone? Where Alvarez blew into his, you know, uh, got the hematoma, blew his nose, and his eye popped, popped up, popped uh, like a, like a, looked like a, something you see in a cartoon, uh, Wile E. Coyote cartoon. Um, but uh, I should also know the case is on a three-fight winning streak. Um, and um, did fight also in PFL, but that was, went, his match went to a draw. And he fights out of Extreme Couture in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, um, I think it's interesting that they're putting up a guy who just lost versus a guy who won in a very dominating fashion uh, in, in his Ryzen debut. Um, interesting ma uh, matchup once again. But um, while I'm looking up uh, fire quotes, um, I'm going to ask you, Bruno, what do you think about this uh, matchup between these, uh, these two, um, I would say probably very, very... Uh, different style fighters. What do you think about this matchup between Johnny Case and Kitaoka? Yeah, um, Johnny Case is a very, very, very talented fighter, and unfortunately, uh, he 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 left the UFC. But uh, he's a very high level fighter, have a very good skills, and uh, probably I believe he. He will be one on face of this lightweight tournament, uh, but you know it's a Japanese culture, man. Uh, you need to understand the the hard way, and uh, they they give Chuki Kitaoka once again another opportunity. Uh, this time is not an easy one, and uh, but you know Kitaoka is a very very strong wrestler, and uh, probably. Uh, Rising to testing uh, Johnny Cage skills, especially with the grappling, and uh, but I I will believe uh, you know, Johnny Cage will be perform once again and take another victory. I will very will be very uh, su surprised if Kitaoka gets the victory in desperate that time, but uh, I. I do believe it's not going to be happen on this. The Johnny Case is a very good run in rising, and uh, can be a very uh, strong competitor on this Grand Prix. In my my <laughs> my perspective of you. 
Oh, uh, you know, I'm I'm basically in ninety percent agreement. Um, however, though, I will I will say that Kitaloka, you know, um, actually, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll, before I read this off, I'm gonna say, you know, Kitaloka is an interesting fighter in that he can He's a fighter who he he submitted people like Carlos Condit, Paul Daly, uh, Kurt Pellegrino. Um, uh, he, he beat uh, Kawajiri, as we said last year. Uh, also submitted Darren Cruikshank uh, when those two fought. Um, he's an interesting fighter in that he is so good at one thing, and that is submission grappling, that his other skills, like his stand-up, have basically are are are, are basically non-existent. There, if his grappling is his stand-up is not that good at all, uh, and but if like. The also thing about his grappling is that he was fighting at a time when his style of grappling, people were not, def were not, I guess, learning the defense techniques of. They weren't, you know, defense techniques against guillotine chokes or heel hooks or knee bars hadn't been really, weren't really being done in gyms. Because um, you didn't really see that stuff in MMA a lot. Um, and the, the times you did, it was so rare. The submissions you just see in MMA were, you know, arm bars and rear naked chokes. Just, you know, the run-of-the-mill submissions. But Kitaoka was, was doing submissions, uh, that Pancras-style submission of just, like, you've never seen this stuff before. But we're in a time now where we see people, you know, defend properly against heel hooks, uh, against knee bars, against guillotine chokes. Uh, we saw in the uh, Diego Brandao fight, he tried going for that uh, heel hook on uh, Brandao, and he held that heel hook like it was, like his life depended on it, but left his his head open to being punched into uh, the Never Realms by uh, Brandao. Um, and we also saw him, you know, when he tried to uh, do submissions against uh, uh, Roberto Satoshi, he couldn't get him on uh, Sat uh, on Satoshi because Satoshi knew how to defend against uh, against those submissions. So. It's interesting that he's a, he's a, his, he's almost hasn't, I don't want to say it hasn't adapted, but he's almost, yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of hasn't gone with the times when it comes to, uh, the, the, the modern MMA submission style. Would you agree with that at all, uh, Bruno? I can't agree because, uh, another thing is MMA is, uh, they, uh, was to be constant uh, evolu evolution on this the, the sport. Uh, if you see many many years before uh, a guy like GSB, uh, he, he was doing his thing, but uh, we not saw much fighters try to learn some things. I think in Kitaoka's uh, situation is something like this, because Kitaoka, uh, I don't know if if he, he refused to want to learn something like that, but he's an old school man. He, he wants to be doing the same thing, the same wrestling, the same uh, submission skills. But in the end of the day, man, uh, the, the life changes fast. Mm -hmm. The sports team changes fast. Everything was changes fast. It, if you not adapt, man, uh, it's gonna be over. Uh, yeah. Now we have uh, internet, we have, we have everything to 
to learn to improve her uh, himself and you know probably he, he doesn't want to, to do and he will basically pay a high price in that time uh, we'll see we'll see because you know uh, it's a it's a, a, a very good point too because they can test uh, uh, Johnny K's Johnny K's grappling skills too and uh, because Kitaoka is a very very stronger fighter and uh, Kita, uh, Johnny K's needs to to take care a little bit in, uh, in take down defense it's not like the cage uh, you can use the the cage to to not uh, to, to, to be on the ground and uh, it's more probably is I know I don't uh, tell it's more easily to, to bring you to the ground but uh, it's, it's not too much difficult to uh, you know what what, what I, I want what to say uh, I and uh, that case is something Kitaoka uh, needs to face on that fight because man Johnny case is no joke uh, and uh, probably I I I don't say one hundred percent, but something like ninety percent. Um, to my confidence, to see John Case take the win on this match. Uh, just to give a little bit. Also, I'm gonna read a little uh, from the Ryzen um, Instagram page. Johnny Case will be making his return to the ring ring against a fan favorite, Satoru Kitaoka. Despite Kitaoka's previous records, he is still always dangerous when he gets a hold of any limb. Johnny is much diverse. It may look like he has this on paper, but you never know in a fight. And uh, just also want to oh, what, um, say as well, Kitaoka, former deep lightweight champion, uh, actually just recently lost the uh, title. I believe it was this year. Um, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was last year. It was last year. Um, and uh, let's see, their finishing rate. Uh, Johnny Case has an 84% finishing rate, while Kitaoka has a 48% finishing rate. With 25 of Case's wins coming by, uh, uh, 17 of, of Case's wins coming by knockout, four submission, and four decision. While Kitaoka has had zero knockouts in his 48 fights, 20 submission wins, and 22 decision wins. Um, so that should already tell you uh, what, what Kitaoka is good at. Um, Actually, also, I want to point out, Kitaoka is a very strange fella. Says, says really strange things in those Rising Confessions videos and also during the uh, pre-fight and post-fight press conferences. Uh, do you think he's a little bit of an all-ball, Bruno, uh, with some of the statements that he makes? Uh, or, yeah, I guess, I guess more quirky. He's more, he's more of a quirky, quirky type of guy uh, with a unique look on, on certain things. Certain uh, aspects of martial arts, and uh, I guess on life. Yeah, but uh, you know, MMA is more than this, uh, and you need you need to separate these things. You know, uh, it's a competition, and outside the competition, if you are very good, like Conor McGregor, in outside the ring, okay, you can make money, but you need to perform in, inside the competition and uh, probably uh, the time is running to Kitaoka in, in, in inside the competition that's that's why uh, I, I was believe uh, he maybe 
uh, this this good 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 timing inside the, the ring is gonna be passed and uh, it's, it's it's hard man it's sad to say something like that because much people doesn't doesn't like to to hear the the true the reality but i need to be honest with the fans you know we need to to take uh, to talk uh, the the reality to the people to the people understand uh, the sport is so unique so different so unpredictable uh, like like this but uh, it's an opportunity to Johnny Case show uh, show his image to the fans too. The people is like Shemetov, is like uh, another ones uh, to come to rising ring. You know, okay, hey, hey, fans, I'm Johnny Case. I'm this type of fighter. I can deliver very much. Please give me support. Give me much, uh, much, much opportunities to to introduce me to to the audience. And uh, but Kitoka, man, I not I, I not try to 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 talking bad about Kitoka. Mm -hmm. I also just want to uh, note about Johnny Case, and this is an interesting fact. So, yes, about his two wins, uh, he had he's had two wins at Saitama Super Arena. One was in UFC, one was in Ryzen, and both uh, were finishes. Uh, the the one in UFC was a submission win, and the uh, Ryzen one was obviously a TKO doctor stoppage, and both happened in the second round. So, yeah, will Johnny Case be able to uh, continue that the the rise the uh, Saitama Super Arena winning streak? I think he will. I'm in. I'm in total agreement with you, Bruno. I think that Johnny Case is just the better fighter overall, especially 17 KOs. We saw. We saw what happened with uh, what Roberto Satoshi did to uh, Kitaoka. Uh, that was the last fight I thought that you know, fighter who who could knock out Kitaoka. If someone like that could but, knock. No, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, but uh, but. but. If you look a little bit, the funny thing of, of especially Kitaoka case and uh, uh, Satoshi and Hirota fights. Look, okay, we have two favorites. We have two guys probably much closer to retirement. But if the underdogs take the win and maybe have a very good performance. They, they get the spot to to a major opportunity to fighting in the Grand Prix, and uh, it's like a little bit push. That that's I think that that smart things the matchmaking are doing uh, is so a little bit fascinating to see in this particular cases. You know that's uh, that's something I. I I try to understand a little bit, but uh, it's hard one to see gonna be happen. But okay, try to do the opportunity. It's this is something I uh, I was respect the the matchmaking on on this particular cases because you know uh, the, it's it's really really interesting to see a guy. Uh, was anyone believe on him going to AK? Okay, uh, I'm trying to prove you are wrong. Uh, and 
the, that two kind of opportunities Kitoka Kaji has in in Rising Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with with that, uh, we will be going on to an intermission, and then we will have, I guess, uh, the rest of of the card, the the rest of the fights, and it will be kicking off with the second and last kickboxing match of the uh, show. We'll have Taiga, Taiga Kawabe, as his full name, uh, returning to the Ryzen ring. Hopefully going to snap that losing streak that he's on. Taking on Hikaru Mashida. Now, the first thing I'm going to say before I get into particulars is that anybody who has time, watch that Ryzen... Were you at that Ryzen 17 press conference, Bruno? Did you happen to watch it by any chance? Yeah, I, I saw a little bit, and uh, uh, but uh, you know, uh, in that that fight, we need to understand the the history of, especially of Tiger. Uh, Tiger is have have a very uh, good history, especially in K1, and that that charisma, that uh, potential. Uh, Give it, give to him another opportunity, especially about the last fight on against uh, Talisson Ferreira. Uh, I think Talisson will be competed again t- tomorrow yep. here in Japan and uh, in Rising promotion card. And uh, and Tiger, okay, Tiger lost that 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 fight, but he performed. He he made he he made a, a fun fight. The fight is so excited. A lot of knockdowns, and uh, they give him another shot, another another chance to Tiger. Okay, uh, let's to to see what what I can bring to him. And uh, it's a it's a very uh, good good opportunity to to see Tiger uh, fight again because. Uh, I like that 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 type of, of fighter uh, who try to to deliver everything inside the ring, and uh, the Tiger is the type of guy he do that. Uh, okay, if I win and if I lost, no problem. I be here to bring fireworks to try to knock this guy out, and uh, that's that type of thing. I really respect him, and let's see uh, the. Uh, how he performed against Machida, and uh, probably I, I, this time uh, Taiga will get his first win in Rising. But if you don't uh, know uh, who is Taiga, try to watch his previous fights, especially uh, only one against Takeru, mm. Takeru Segawa. He's a very, very amazing war. And, that show why Rice picked this guy to 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 especially to the main card. Uh yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. I'm, I'm gonna give some quick particulars about the uh, two uh, the two fighters. Uh, Taiga, 22, very young um, in, in in his kickboxing uh, career, like most kickboxers are. Um, trains out of the tryhard gym with his brother, uh, Hiro, uh, Hiroya. Um, uh, and um, he, uh, like you said, he recently just had a fight in Ryzen, lost to uh, Thalysen Gomez Fejeja. Um, 
and also was in the Rise World Series 2000. Uh, that's a tournament that is going on, but he lost a split decision to Sexon. Um, and he also had a previous fight in Ryzen last year, Ryzen 13, going to a draw with Kento Haraguchi. But uh, more than that, um, his record lately has not been good. Um, he's on a five-fight losing streak um, with the uh, the first loss coming in 2017 and just continued on um, till now. And... Um, uh, hopefully with this fight, uh, he is a, he's a good kickboxer. He's a 2017 K1 60-kilogram world champion, 2016 K1 world grand prix uh, runner-up, uh, K1 60-kilogram uh, Japan tournament champion, the 2014 crush 55-kilogram champion. Uh, he's a good kickboxer, also a southpaw. Um, so it's an interesting case of uh, whether it's just bad luck that he's been having, or uh, or is he is he like coming to the end of his career? I honestly don't know the answer. Um, but um, as I said, he's twenty two, five foot five, and uh, his opponent though, Hikaru Mashita. Uh, the reason why I brought up the um, the uh, Ryzen seventeen press conference. So they have all the fires. They give they pass around the mic. All the fighters say their piece. Hikaru Mashita stands up and starts yelling like ferociously, cutting a, a ferocious promo to the Japanese press. There, everybody else is sitting down. They're they're, they're calm. They're 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 mellow for the most part. But he gets up and just bursts out of this Naruto level energy. Uh, just like. It was such a stark contrast to everybody else, uh, to how everybody else was uh, reacting in that um, uh, was uh, talking in that um, press conference. But he's um, he's a uh, uh, Machida's fought out of uh, knockout, um, king of knockout, Ganrojima, uh, and is mostly a Muay Thai kickboxer, not a traditional Oriental kickboxer. Uh, he's thirty one. Uh, fights out of the Hashimoto Dojo uh, in Tokyo, Japan, uh, making his Ryzen debut. Um, I'm going to read a little bit of fire quotes from both. Taiga said, I am happy to get another offer. I have not been able to ha leave good results after coming to Ryzen. So a great KO is long due. Everybody, please look forward to my next fight. And then uh, Mashida, this is before the press conference uh, happened, he said, I have fought 55 professional fights as a kickboxer. I have been able to continue this long because of the people who support me. My go-to move, go move is the EI, EI punch. Uh, I will throw my punch as I, as, I, I, as I am swinging a samurai sword. This punch not only wins me the fight, but also wins the crowd as well. I hope you all look forward to me using the move. I've been given the opportunity to fight for Ryzen, and I think this is a great chance for me. My dream is to become a person who can inspire other people. I would like to use this platform to make my name known across the world. I will util utilize the EI punch, the EI punches, and grasp the win. Uh, and I'm just going to read what he was yelling at the press conference because it was uh, pretty, pretty funny what he, what he, uh, what he said. Um... Uh, he, he yells, I am the EI punch specialist. I put everything behind my punch and landed on my opponent. 
Tiger is my opponent, but I will be taking on everybody to show that my EI style works. This is what I have lived for. So he not only challenges Taiga, but challenges everybody that's going to apparently be fighting at Ryzen on that day, which is hilarious. But, um, yeah, so we got a guy who's fought 55 and kick, 55 times in kickboxing, which is, uh, quite a, uh, that's quite a, uh, amount of fights, um, versus the guy who's on a losing streak, um, and... I, I, I gotta ask, so you said that you think that a Taiga will take this uh, fight, uh, Bruno? I think so. I think so because uh, my point of, of view on, that, on this, part, this fight is about uh, uh, the level of the competition. I think, I, okay, I, I understand Machida have a, a, a lot of fights on this record. But the question is, okay, you have a lot of fights, but against who? Who you face? Who you you fight before? And uh, in Tiger, okay, Tiger have a a, a a loss a loss streak, but he fought a very very high level fighters. It's not uh, a Talisson is not uh, is no joke. Uh, Kento Haraguchi is no joke. Takeru is no joke. Nobody Taiga faces is a uh, is a guy who uh, a low level, uh, and he he fought he fought he lose okay, but he fought in the the high level, and I think in this case uh, we'll bring a little bit uh, push to to Taiga to make uh, a statement finally rising. And take this win. No disrespect to Machida. Uh, I I think maybe they are trying to, to talk, trying to entertain the people, uh, to try to, to to not show that's real that this is reality to, to the public. Well, I I will be uh, the disagreeing uh, party here. I think that Machida is going to defeat Taiga. I I feel like you know. I don't know what's going on, Taiga. I know that he that he does cut a lot of weight to get to uh, to fight at. I also want to mention as well this fight is at a catch weight of 137 pounds, um, so maybe that'll make it easier for Taiga to make the weight. But I did I know that for the Rise Torment, he did have uh, it, he the weight cut apparently was was apparently hard for him. Or uh, I think that's what at least I think um, Stuart Fulton uh, said on uh, commentary. Um, it is, you know, it is an interesting because, you know, this guy, you know, was at one, or is a is a high level kickboxer, but, you know, I don't, you know, it's just, I don't know what, what's been happening, you know, with those five losses. It's, it's, from, and, you know, I, I know that uh, the Gomez fight was an interesting fight because it was, I think that, that probably Taiga is the better overall kickboxer, but the problem is is that Taiga did not prepare for that fight accordingly. He should have been aware of of Gomez's powerful right hook if he had watched the uh, the uh, Sexon fight from uh, the Rise Show, uh, because that's that was actually the same um, that was the same punch that uh, knocked down uh, Sexon, um, and then knocked down um, Taiga. Um, 
it's a, this will be a match that I think it'll, it'll be an interesting it'll certainly be an interesting look into who might be a future opponent for tension I know that Tiger's always wanted to fight tension uh, and I know that for the Ryzen 13 show last year he said he was very adamant that if he beat Haraguchi he wanted tension but as of this point you know he's certainly not tension ready um I think that Mashida will take this. I think that Kawabe is gonna that losing streak is not going to is is not gonna let up, unfortunately. Not to say that Tiger's a bad is bad or is washed up, but just from what I've watched from, from his fights that he's lost so far, uh he, he's he's missing he seems to be behind three or four steps to his opponents. Um I will, just a little bit of a tangent. I I do hope that we see uh, more of Faheya fighting because that guy, that guy is an incredible, incredibly powerful puncher. That that fight that uh, Ryzen that he had against Tiger was great, and so was the fight he had at Rise. Um, actually, I'm just curious to know, um, Bruno, did you happen to talk to uh, Faheya when he uh, was at Ryzen uh, at the last show? Uh, I talked with her uh, when he he beat Tiger. Yeah. And uh, but uh, he 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 show a humble attitude, uh, but he he have a uh, he have a confidence. He is a brawler, man. Uh, he's yeah. a type of guy like Vanderlei Silva. It, it's uh, unpredictable what. Uh, what you will be land on your face when you fought him, and uh, but it's exciting. It's yeah. exciting to to put a guy like this every time in the ring, and uh, definitely we have a very good moments uh, when we saw a type of guy of Talisson competing in any promotion when. Don't care about when and where he is fighting, but he's a definitely a very good fighter to watch. And uh, but uh, man, we're, we're, we have a word to, to talk about this. Uh, you can agree with with my opinion. It's no problem. <laughs> uh, but uh, I I think Tiger is so young and have much t time to still working and. Probably this type of of uh, of confidence, uh, the reality is gonna be hard with him. But if he can be smart, he can learn with that you know, his mistakes and come be back stronger. Uh, I I think Tiger has a talent, but you know when we we come to be famous, maybe your attitude can be changed. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know about Tiger's case, but uh, let's see what he, he he wants to 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 big to put here in Saitama Arena, and uh, it's a, a very very important uh, uh, opportunity to him. The last time he fought in Yokohama, now he 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 is competing in Saitama. Saitama is a big big arena. They have probably very good crowd on this 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 event, and he, you know, I, I don't know he, if Tiger is so young to not understand that, and 
maybe he can pay to predict his loss and I need to congratulate you about this prediction. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I don't like to see people lose, but uh, this is a case of more, I think that this is just not going to be Tiger's fight. If he wins, I will be actually very happy that he does, uh, but, you know, I've, I've had my say, you've had your say, you know, disagreements among friends always happen. Uh, no, of course, of course. I, I, I not like to, to see people lose, but man, it's a man versus man fighting. It's a man versus man competition. Somebody will be lose. Yeah. You know, that's kind of things happen. You know, it's the reality. <laughs> we can be avoided about that. And speaking of losing, I'm pretty sure that this next fight... There will be a, a clear winner and loser because I don't think this will be go beyond the first round. Uh, it will be a lightweight matchup between former, not former UFC fighter Ivan Shurtikov, take uh, all the way from Russia, taking on South Korea's Hoon Kim. Now we gotta talk about Shurtikov, the Ural Hulk, as he's also known. Um, Who's, uh, shall we say, has kind of made his uh, name for himself. And he's probably the most well-known fighter on this card for so many reasons. Let's go over the particulars about him. Uh, fights out of, um, uh, you're going to have to help me with this, uh, Bruno. Yekaterinburg, Ye Russia? You ever hear that of that area of Russia? It's it's Ekaterinburg. Yekaterinburg, okay. Fights out of yes. the... Uh, Tiger Muay Thai uh, from there. Um, he's six feet, but this guy looks like he's just made up, just like a human tank. I have no idea how he's at 205. Yes. I can't understand it for the life of me, but somehow he's at 205. Uh, nonetheless, uh, let's see. He's 31 years old. 16-0 um, and 0 with one draw, and that one draw is against Geronimo Dos Santos. Uh, also fought on Ryzen uh, a few years ago. But he has... Here are the list of people he has... Yes. Uh, uh, controversial decision. Oh, uh, uh, yes. That is true. A controversial decision. I'll say that. Um, so, but he... This is a list of people that, that Shurtikov has defeated. I'm going to list all these names. And you could either believe it or not, but this is, this is actually true. Jeff Monson defeated first round armbar in 31 seconds. Defeated Rico Rodriguez, former heavyweight, USC, USC heavyweight champion, Rico Rodriguez. Antonio Bigfoot Silva, Ronnie Wallace, Phil DeFries, uh, Satoshi Ishii. Ishii. Can I can make some points on this? Yes, go ahead. Uh, in the whole names you, you talk. Yes. Uh, I, 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 did you did you saw something about Jeff Monson fight? Uh, Jeff Mosso make a very interesting interesting interview about that. Oh, I did not know. I, I just watched the fight. I watched him just get that arm bar on uh, on him and tap him out. But uh, talk about yeah, it. I, I think I, I think it's about the Jeff because you know Jeff Monson now he's a, 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 a Russian citizen. He lives oh, yeah. in Russia right now. He he uh, he decided to not to to left his American passport and to to live in Russia. And I he makes some bad bad words to promoters on on that fight 
because he he accused the promoters to to make a, okay we have a grappling fight but when the gong starts well hey we have a MMA fight here and he had some injuries some some he not gave much details about that but he have a very several accusations to to the promoters uh, about this particular fight with Ivan Shirchkov and uh, but uh, another name you mentioned was Phil Freeze. he's a current KSW heavyweight champion mm-hmm. okay he's a very valuable name uh, we can respect this result about uh, about Ivan and uh, another guy was Satoshishi everyone knows who Satoshishi is and I, I just saw this fight today he's a very brutal knockout man and Satoshishi called him today so yesterday I guess yesterday he he, he sent a message in Japanese in the Japanese uh, in the Twitter to okay man you can use all things you have and I want to, to have a, a match with you and you know he's a Japanese why not uh, to bring this rematch in rising I don't know uh, if if it was the, the plan for for Shichkov in rising because we have a four fight deal in rising probably we have uh, four fights of Shichkov in rising and it's an option um, of course, probably Shirchkov can be the the challenger for a rising title of uh, Prohaska, or who knows uh, if uh, if Shemetov take a win. I don't know, man. It's a lot of opportunities in light heavyweight division right now. Oh yeah, but it's something I want to to bring to to make this this debut of Ivan Shirchkov more exciting. I don't but Ivan Shirchkov have have lost so controversial stuff. Too. Besides that, mm-hmm. uh, to to make this that whole thing so much interesting to see. Yeah, well, I also want to give two more uh, fights that uh, that uh, that uh, he um, won. Two noble fights. Um, these are actually just his two of his most recent fights, which happened last year. Fabio Maldonado. Uh, as we all know, Maldonado has a very interesting uh, history of Russia. So I'll leave it at that. Look up his record, especially when he fought uh, Fedor there. Um, and, um, Thiago Silva, uh, who he, um, tapped out by armbar. Um, so, he, he, we also gotta talk about, okay, so, he was with USC, he got signed, was supposed to fight Devin Clark on the, uh, one of the Eastern European shows, I think, I don't, I don't even know, if, somewhere, uh, in Russia, in, oh, in Russia, South, oh, okay, okay, gotcha, in Russia, um, pulled out of the in, uh, out of the fight, um, and then later it came out that he apparently failed. Uh, uh, that he uh, there was a uh, flag in it, in the USADA test um, that he uh, provided, and um, he uh, I get, instead of uh, accepting punishment because USADA eventually did uh, suspend him from two years, um, just recently that was announced, and uh, I guess terminated his contract or came to some mutual agreement with the UFC to, to release him and that's it's mutual oh it's, it's a mutual, mutual agreement okay. he, he asked for a release okay he asked for for UFC to release and uh, UFC give his uh, release to, to Shirtkov and Shirtkov signed with the rising and uh, another thing about the USADA test is uh, Shirtkov 
team give some statement about that, uh, talk, give more details about the USADA test, is about uh, they similar trying to, to, to talk about uh, John John's situation. But the funny thing is, uh, it's not funny, but the interesting thing is about John John's take uh, a one year of suspension of USADA, but Shurtgov give it two. And they say they find a pictogram stuff for this the steroid uh, thing in in Ivan Shirtkov's system. It's some kind of controversial stuff. The people are always talking bad about this other, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Yeah. I think it's it's best, you know. Uh, Ivan Shirtkov is not competing in UFC right now. Uh, he is in rising, and let's see what let's see what's gonna be happen. Yeah, actually, I do have the statement. This is from his uh, management, uh, Ruby Sports and Entertainment, and this is from the CEO of, of Ruby Sports and Entertainment, uh, Daniel Rubenstein. This was this is a statement that he, that he wrote when Ivan Shurtikov signed with the UFC. He was immediately subjected to USADA testing. During one of those USADA tests, Ivan's sample came back with an abnormal reading, not a positive test for PEDs. USC decided it was best to pull Ivan from the fight in St. Petersburg until more tests could be concluded. After two more laboratories did tests on the samples, they found that even though the levels of testosterone in his body were within the legal limits, they couldn't determine that the testosterone was only naturally produced. Ivan maintains that he is not taking anything on the USADA ban list for the previous 10 months. However, the UFC and USADA's look-back window is one year. And as we have seen with other athletes in the UFC, He's specifically talking about John Jones. Some substances can stay in your body significantly longer than that one year. Ivan is, is excited for his opportunity of rising, and I'm gonna. This is a very interesting thing. Um, I want to ask you about Bruno because maybe you know more about it. Uh, he's excited for his opportunity of rising. Understands that he will be subjected to their drug testing policies and plans to abide by them. He's looking forward to competing in Tokyo in July. So. You know, people, fans, you know, people who, you know, like to joke around, you know, oh, you know, everybody is juicy in Japan, everybody's on steroids in Japan, uh, but he, this, uh, his management is saying that, that he, that Ryzen will, is going to drug test, uh, presumably him and the other fighters. Do you have to know about, uh, the, the drug testing that Ryzen d- does do, um, uh, by any chance? Yes, I'm here. Uh, some stories uh, about it, especially with for AIDS. You know, uh, I I I not have much uh, much information because Rising uh, give give that more private private about that. But much fighters told me, man, uh, I I do uh, the same time of of uh, of tests in the UFC they do in Rising. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with uh, Gabi Gabi Garcia stuff, because much people accuse her to use steroids, and she 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 went to USADA program to to sign with Rising. Uh, she needs you to show uh, to to Rising. She stay out, uh, stay clean, not involved with that that kind of stuff. To, to make make agreements with Rising. That's interesting stuff just to see because much much people talking now much bad about that. Okay, it's everyone's juicy, but probably reality is not it's not something like this. Mm-hmm. We don't know because 
we not have 100% of facts, but uh, that's the different scenario. But mm -hmm. much fighters uh, told me about that. They all in all events, they're doing uh, uh, doping, doping tests, and uh, let's see. Uh, let's see uh, what 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 the promotion will be doing in that particular case, because you know to 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 give uh, opportunity to fight to fighter uh, was suspended uh, in, in for Usada and always uh, with not looking too good. But uh, if you you be back a little bit more, uh, they have a similar uh, situation. Because Miracle Corp, Crocop uh, have the same thing like that. It was suspended for two years, I guess, and get the opportunity to fight in Rising Two. Um, I my under I do believe also that probably if there's one the, the one type of drug testing that I that they probably do is probably also for um, recreational drugs like marijuana or cocaine or something along those lines. I would have to guess as well. Uh, I I don't know. Um, but I, I think uh, I think the the test is for everything. Okay. Uh, given the, <laughs> you know, as you live in Japan, you know Japan's incredibly strict uh, laws regarding uh, recreational drugs, and so of, yeah, of course. So, yeah. And another thing was I I, I want you to give you know, some some perspective point about this because uh, right now. Uh, the we we have some changes here in Japan, especially in, in commission things. Uh, I think in the last year, uh, the new Japanese commission was created uh, by some respectable uh, people, you know, judges, uh, referees. They they join forces to create a Japanese uh, association for especially for commission and like the United States they, they they try to bring for for Japan uh, the same style of, of of the American commissions do in the US in Nevada California something like that and and rising give this this support to him to them uh, and and bring this commission to to rising events. Uh, that's kind of interesting because uh, we see we can have opportunity to see more professional things in, in rising. Uh, I I I always support this because uh, we can change the, the scenario. Much people believe okay, it's it's the <laughs> it's a it's a place, it's a, uh, a country when we can be juicy, we can use the steroids, we can go here to, to do everything I want, but in reality, it's not, uh, it's not like this. Because uh, if you hear about stories, we can, saw, we can talk about another stories in culture, like a, uh, a mafia, something like that. People believe, okay, we have mafia, we have something. But in reality, not happen when the people talk. Uh, I do believe the people talking a lot. You know, uh, okay, they 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 have bad connections. They have this. They have there. But right now, uh, Sakakibara trying to do everything right to 
to to get uh, the confidence of the people mm-hmm. if you are was involved with the bad people with the the some weird stuff you not have the respect of the people you know uh, i i think that that kind of things uh if you if you look a little bit more about the what rising will deliver especially in the whole 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 events the maybe we can talk about one on one and a half year you have very very comp- uh, competitive fights we not saw okay let's do, let's try to do bob sap versus Akebono or Bob Sapp versus Osuna Rashi, some things like that. They not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Look at that card, that, that this card. We can look the the last card in Kobe, then another card in Yokohama, the the New Year's Eve card, and the, probably the the next previous cards in in October in December, and definitely rising are are doing of course it's a entertainment maybe in future we have some particular fight or, or we have a sumo wrestler compete here or, or who knows another big fight so we have some rumors about about the next uh, i think the next new reserve show like a, a fedor versus rampage jackson something like that but you know uh, they they are all are, are working very hard to to introduce the fans, say, Japan changed. It's not. It's not like, uh, like a place you you know before. Um, and uh, I I do believe these teams have time to people make adaptions. But we saw we saw uh, ever adaption in 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 the whole uh, Japanese market. You can go to uh, punk crazy events. You can go to another MMA events. They try to do the same thing uh, UFC do in America, and but it, it, it takes time to people uh, adapt and understand. Is not like uh, years before, you know. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Rise is becoming trying to become a more legitimate promotion. You know, they obviously did all the all that stuff. You know, the the freak show fights, as they say, the the uh, sumo guys and Bob Sapp. They were obviously doing that to get people to pay attention to them. Now they're trying to 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 stake their their claim in the MMA world as a serious promotion. And this is definitely yeah, this card definitely reflects it as as you said. Um, just to go back to this fight between uh, Shurikov and uh, uh, his opponent, uh, I've got to say, his opponent is Hoon Kim from South Korea um, with a record of, an under 500 record, unfortunately, of 10 wins and 12 losses, two draws, one no contest. Um, Hoon Kim is 39, 6 foot 1. Uh, interesting uh, backstory into how he became a fighter. Apparently, he was a b-boy breakdancer and then was just asked to fill a, to fill, uh, a gap in a, in a fight card in an MMA tournament. Had no training in, in MMA or combat sports. Somehow won uh, and decided to p- become a professional fighter. So this guy was a breakdancer at one point and then became a fighter. 
with no intention of ever becoming a fighter. Really, this is quite a story. But um, going back to Hoon Kim, um, so this is going to be a light, a light heavyweight fight. He has fought at welterweight and middleweight. And I think probably perhaps the thing that should be most uh, emphasized here, he has a, a win over current UFC middleweight champion Robert Whitaker. He choked out Robert Whitaker with a triangle choke and the Australian promotion Legend FC back in 2011. So he does have a win over a UFC, future UFC champion. Um, however, he is on a one-fight one losing streak, losing against Young, Young, Young Choi at Road FC um, back in uh, 2017. So he's had uh, actually uh, almost a two-year layoff uh, from fighting because that was his last fight. Um... So this is an interesting matchup, putting a 16-0 guy against a guy who's 10-12. I know records, that sort of thing, but it's an interesting matchup. I'm going to read what Kim Hoon says, uh, what he said um, when the fight was announced. It has been my dream to fight for pride and at the Saitama Super Arena. This opportunity has granted both of my dreams. My opponent is a very powerful fighter, but he always fights the same fight. He has fought at heavyweight and has wins over notable names as well. I will work on my speed and footwork and outwork and outwork my powerful opponent. I hope to show a great performance in front of the Japanese audience. So about this matchup, um, what do you think about this matchup, uh, Bruno? 16-0 versus 10 and 12, age 30 versus age 39. A guy who's very powerful, very fast, versus a guy who's wasn't even started out as an MMA fighter. He was doing an entirely different um, field of work and then became an MMA fighter. What do you think about this matchup? I think it's an introduction of Irvine Shirtov to the Japanese audience. Mm -hmm. That's my guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it's weird. I, I remember when Miracle Krokop faced uh, Norihisa Yamamoto. Uh, they try to to fight a guy with uh, dangerous skills, and he paid a, he paid a price. Uh, but okay, it's opportunity. Uh, remember, uh, I think uh, Hokin was a fighter from uh, Road FC promotion from yep. South Korea. It's another crossover of uh, of Rising, and uh, probably more to come. And uh, but uh, you know, I think I think his fighting record talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, I th I think that um, uh, here's what the Ryzen Instagram page says: Ivan Shurtakov will be making his Ryzen debut against a tough South Korean fighter, Hoon Kim. Kim will have to utilize his speed and counter the power and explosiveness of the Russian. Raul Hulk will look to strike and put pressure on his opponent. Question is, stamina. Stamina for both. So I watched some of Hoon Kim's fights, and um, I'll say this: this guy, along with actually, I'm gonna say both of them, both Shurikov and Kim, they both get very tired. They 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 are not they are guys who want to just get that that first round in, and hopefully don't go beyond. And but even with Shurikov, when he is still tired, he's still a powerful. Uh, 
uh, powerful fighter. Um, even when he's throwing punches at slow speed. Kim, on the other hand, is when he became becomes tired, becomes very uncoordinated, very uh, um, brash, without thinking, without purpose, leaves himself open to 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 being uh, to being dominated, uh, being uh, uh, getting knocked out, getting getting punched and kicked in the face. Um, it's a very it's a very um, very, it's on paper. This reads like Shurtikov is supposed to win this, and I think that's how it's gonna be. I mean, like I don't know what else to say. I don't think that that Hoon Kim has really honestly a chance. Unfortunately, um, uh, what do you think about? Uh, so, who do you, you think that Shurtikov is gonna take this fight, Bruno? Can you ask him uh, once again? Sorry about that. Yeah, you think that Shurikov's got to take this fight very easily. I have to, right? Yeah, 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 I agree with you. And I think it will be impressive fashion like uh, Takaki Soya doing in, in the last show. Mm, oh, oh, yes, against uh, um, Kakihara, was it, right? Was that the last name, Kakihara? Um, oh, the, the, yeah, um... I think, I think that was the guy's last name. Um, uh, I just want to. I think it was Kwabara. Kwabara, that was it. Kwabara, yeah. Um, also, just want interesting uh, note of, as well though. Kun Kim has a ninety percent finishing rate, while Shurtikov has a seventy-three percent finishing rate, which I find very interesting that his percentage rate is actually higher than Shurtikov's. Uh, we actually. Um, but we, but the, the thing was, Shurtikov is very brutal. Yes. When he, if. <laughs> That's the, the the thing we need to uh, understand. Yeah, oh. uh, and uh, definitely, if 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 Shirdikov hits once, probably it's gonna be over. So we also, um, and this is my bad, I forgot to do this. We usually also read the Tapology um, users' predictions as well. I'm just gonna quickly go through them um, since we missed a few of them. For um, the King Reina uh, Stephanie Edgar fight, they pick King Reina 91 percent. Versus Edgar at nine percent for the Siohi Han fight. They pick they pick her over Tomo Mesawa ninety eight to two. Jay Kuhn uh, versus Vitaly Shemitov. Shemitov's a favorite at sixty eight versus thirty two. Uh, for Roberto Satoshi versus Mizuto Hirota, eighty seven percent for Roberto Satoshi uh, uh, versus thirty uh, percent for Hirota. Uh, Kawaji Abdul Kalikov. Kalikov Abdul Kalikov at sixty eight percent versus Kawaji at thirty two percent. Uh, Kitawoka versus Case, 92% for Johnny Case versus Kitawoka at 8%. And the fight we were just talking about. Um, no surprise in this one. 99% of the tap audio users pick Shurikov of 1% taking, uh, pick, thinking whom Kim will win. Um, I, I, want you, I, not, I want to meet who, who pick 1% to, to this guy because if he was a genius on Converse Sports, uh, I, I I I don't understand. Uh, I mean, I guess you could, you know, there's, you know, there's always a puncher's chance, as they say. You, you know, if, if somebody who, you know, is, you know, if they're betting, if they, if there's rising betting going on somewhere, hopefully he, you know, he bets enough so that if in case of whom Kim does win, he makes bank on that on that on that bet. Um. 
Yeah, but depends depends of how much money he puts. He believes who yes. uh, can you you be face. Yes, he puts ten ten k on on that. He'll be rich, but I think it's not the case. Yes, exactly, exactly. Now we're going to go on to a triple Japanese uh, main event that we got here with three very important fights. The first fight being a deep versus Shuto matchup in Yuki Matoya, the former deep Bantamweight champion, just lost it recently to Victor Henry um, a few months ago. Uh, that is Josh Barnett's, uh, one of Josh Barnett's uh, MMA fighters. He'll be taking on the returning Hiromasa Ogikubo. Particulars about the fight. It'll be at 134 pounds. Uh, elbows will be allowed. Um, Yuki Matoya is at the age of 29, 23 and 6. Uh, has a unique training. He has his own. He's at, he trains at a gym, CB Impact in Nagoya, Aichi, Japan. But he's an interesting person that. And you can watch this in the latest Rise of Confessions video. One of the ways that he trains is that he will watch YouTube videos and then basically drill those YouTube videos that he watches. It's really fascinating. Really, really, really. Like, I, I don't know any other fighter who does that. It's, 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 it's It blows my mind that, that, actually, that he does that. Uh, 5'7". Um, he's won all of his Ryzen fights. Uh, he's won all but two Ryzen fights. One went to a no contest, and the other loss was... To the current Ryzen Deep, uh, Ryzen Bantamweight, and now Bellator Bantamweight champion Kyoji Horiguchi. Um, uh, but he, he had a very, very cool win against Justin Scoggins at Ryzen 14 with that TP uh, choke, leg scissors choke that uh, uh, he put on uh, Justin Scoggins. Um, I suggest you go on YouTube and watch it because it's a really actually a, it's an awesome choke. Um, now, Hiramasa Ogikubo. He's been, uh, he's a former Shuto flyweight champion. I believe that he vacated the championship after, just recently. Um, cause apparently, I think he was, was offered ri a, a Ryzen deal. And so that is why he, he vacated the, uh, fly Shuto flyweight championship. Not 100% sure about that, but I believe that is, that is what is the story behind it. Um, He's on a one-fight winning streak. Um, he beat Kiyotaka Shimizu at the Shuto show that he vacated the title. Um, but he has not won a fight in Ryzen. His lone fight in Ryzen, Ryzen 11, was a rematch against Kyoji Horiguchi, which he lost by decision, though he did put up quite a fight. Um, also notable is that he was... Uh, the He made it to the Ultimate Fire, Ultimate Fire Season 24... Uh, fi uh, finale against Tim Elliott, and the winner got to face uh, Demetrius Johnson for the uh, uh, UFC flyweight championship. Uh, fortunately, he did not win that match. Uh, Tim Elliott won it and got to go on to uh, lose to DJ. Um, but he actually won all the other fights that he had uh, on that uh, season of Ultimate Fighter. Uh, but he is a He's a uh, long. He's been around for a long time. Uh, fights out of Parestra Matsudo in Shiba, Japan. Thirty-two years old, five foot three, um, and yeah, this is gonna be another interpromotional matchup. Deep versus Shuto. Um, 
A very interesting stylistic matchup, if I do say so myself. I'm going to find a little bit more particulars about these two fighters. In the meantime, uh, Bruno, I want to ask, what are your thoughts about this about this bantamweight fight? Yeah, it's. I think it was a second uh, second fight of Ogikubo in 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 Rising, and uh, it's hard because uh, when you come to Rising to face the best guy <laughs> there, it, it always be a, a tough challenge. But right now, Ogikubo have another chance to to show. But once again, they put the him against another tough fighter like Motoya and uh, it's a very inter interesting fight uh, we, we, maybe a, a little bit uh, ground fight I, I guess uh, maybe we'll see a lot of grappling on this on this particular fight and uh, but uh, I, I think Okikubo have a have a little bit more high level experience. Mm -hmm. uh, Motoya fought a very good fighters, but it's not the caliber of fighters like Kubo fought, especially in in, in outside in Japan in in the the, the ultimate fighter. And uh, I hope I I, I I not I not be. Uh, be right on there because Moto is too growing too, but and uh, it's hard. It's hard to see uh, he he pick he taking fights uh, only in, in, inside Japan in in deep promotion. And I want to see a little bit more about Motoya uh, because he had a disappointed loss to Victor Henry, a very tough fight. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, and I'm, I'm I'm not I not can say disappointment, but uh, uh, I want to see Victor Henry to get a shot in future in Rising Two. Yeah. I don't know it's it's, it's I, I don't know it's gonna be happen. But uh, I, I think after he, he defeated Motoya, he earned a shot. But it is what it is. He, I think he fought in Russia uh, recently. Uh, maybe that's, that's a reason to not see him uh, to fight in, in Rising. Maybe in future, I don't know. Uh, but uh, this fight is a very good fight. Very good fight. Uh, the both both guys have a, a very good experience. Uh, they they represent uh, a very uh, very big the country. And uh, but uh, I give a little bit more uh, more advantages to to Ogikubo on this. Yeah, so you know. It is a very interesting matchup. These are both two guys who, who go for the finish, but are also very hard to finish. Uh, they don't go down easily. Um, especially if you bring up the Victor Henry fight. Um, I know that some people... I don't want to say that they, that they thought that Yuki Matoya... You know, actually no, I'm going to go back. There are people who thought that Matoya won that based on... was it? I think it was the third round? Um, if you're going by by you know the the judging of uh, as a fight as a whole, I think uh, some people thought that Matoya may have won that fight. Do you remember hearing anything about about that? 
Yes, I remember. Uh, but it's really, really was a close, a close fight. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to judge that fight, and uh, uh, but in my my vision, Harry take that. Uh, I can, I can, uh, I can agree with the people who say Motoyas take the win, but uh, it's very close, and uh, it, it's so how how, how tough Motoya is. And uh, I, I, I do not believe this fight is going to be fin uh, finished uh, before, the, uh, <laughs> before the judges. But let's see. Let's see if someone makes some, something a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, let's see. The people on Tapology, they say about that they pick Ogi Kubo 66% over Matoya 34%. Actually, kind of a little bit surprised about that. I kind of figured that they'd go for Matoya. I think it's it is a very interesting matchup um, stylistically, and a very tough one. Um, shit, they they both you know they both are so strong on the stand up and on the ground. Maybe Matoya might be a little bit better on the ground, but I have to say that on the stand up, Ogi Kubo has to. I think he has to be better. Um, yeah, I could definitely see this not going, not going to a finish. That you know, you know, God forbid, you know, it's a draw. You know that you know it, it, it you know, or it, it's so close. You know, that it's a split decision or you know, a majority decision or something like that. Uh, it would not surprise me in the least. Um, you know, when Ogi Kubo had that fight with Kyoji Horiguchi, I was very critical of it. I I I thought that this fight made no sense because if if Horiguchi had won that fight. That, uh, no, excuse me, if Ogi Kubo won that fight, then basically you just lost, you, you, Horiguchi gets his, you lost a lot in Horiguchi a, as a draw and as a fighter going on this, on this huge winning streak. But the fight that he put up against Horiguchi was a fight that, you know, it won me over so much that it made me, re that it made me think, you know what, the fight was worth it in the end. Um, Matoya, you know, this is so tough. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to, to figure this out in my head right now. While I do that, I'm just going to quickly read um, some, uh, just some fire quotes. Um, at the press conference, Matoya wrote this, and this is very, uh, said this, and he said, that this is very funny. He said, Ryzen PR team gave me a speech to memorize, but I forgot everything and also lost the memo. Ogi Kubo, let's put on a good fight. Matoya is not a guy for who likes to talk a lot. He does what he does in the ring, basically. And then uh, Ogikubu said, I think Matoya is a worthy opponent to put everything in a fight against. He is truly a talented fighter, and I promise you that we will show, uh, uh, we will show a great fight to the fans. Your money will not be wasted. Please come watch us fight live at the Saitama Super Arena. So he's promising that fans will not get their money wasted, which is, you know, that's a bold statement on Ogikubu's uh, coming out of Ogikubu. And you know what? I'm thinking I'm gonna have to be in agreement. I think that Ogi Kubo is gonna etch this one out. I think he's go. I think he's going to. I think we're gonna see a, 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 a an Ogi Kubo like that one that we saw that fought Horiguchi. But obviously that's Horiguchi. This is Matoya. The two different fighters. I think that Ogi Kubo is, is gonna is gonna eke out a decision win for this. Uh, fight. It's going to be a tough fight regardless. I can see this fight going incredibly back and forth, back and forth. Um, yeah, and, you know, wouldn't be surprised, you know, if it goes to decision, 
people debate, oh no, Matoya won, oh no, Ogikuba won, oh no, it was a draw, whatever. But I think definitely that, you know, I think this fight will be one of the, one of the definitely one of the fights that's going to be the most exciting to watch on the card. Uh, any other thoughts on this fight, uh, Bruno? No, no. I, I, I don't know what's going to be happening, but... Uh, my, I have a sure Ogikubo will take a win. Not easily win, but yeah. it's a win. And now on to the co-main event of this card. We will have a match that was supposed to happen quite a few years ago, but uh, outside forces just changed things, and uh, now it's finally happening. Uh, we are having the return of Shintaro Ishiwatari taking on Oka Sazaki. And so, we got a lot of particulars about these two. Uh, Shintaro Ishiwatari, 34 years old, 5'7", born in Osaka, trains out of the cave in Tokyo, Japan, currently on a one-fight one losing streak against Kyoji Horiguchi. And that was in that Ryzen uh, Bantamweight Grand Prix. He made it to the, to the semi... Uh, sorry, to the, to the finals. And... Um, Unfortunately, like just about everybody who fights Horiguchi, they lose. And in this case, in this case, he got knocked out. Actually, just to let everybody know, the current Ryzen Confessions that just came out, um, they talked to Ishiwatari, and he says he cannot remember anything about that fight, which is very scary. So that's what that's that's what happened to him in that fight. Um, but um, he is has a record of twenty five. Wins seven losses and four draws, and has fought for not only uh, Ryzen but Pancreas was it was the bantamweight champion in Pancreas, uh, VTJ, Sengoku, Shuto. He's one of those guys who's been around for a long time, fighting since two thousand and six, um, and his opponent is Oka Sasaki, who. You might remember was in UFC uh, and had some notable wins in UFC. Unfortunately, you know he was in a division that they're looking to get rid of. He was in the flyweight division, and unfortunately, he was just you know he unfortunately was cut after one loss, mainly because he was a flyweight. Let's be real here. But nonetheless, uh, these two. Uh, well, I'll give some more particulars uh, about Oka. He's twenty nine. Uh, from Shizuoka, uh, fights out of the Cerro Longo camp in Long Island, New York, my hometown, and uh, ha has noble wins over Justin Scoggins, uh, Teruto Ishihara, uh, Satoshi Watanabe, uh, do, 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 uh, Janelle Lausa, uh, and uh, Manel Cape at Ryzen 14. Um, he was supposed to fight Kai Sakura at the last show, but he got a visceral infection, which is a very, very serious infection inside your body, and um, had to pull out of that fight. Um, and Kai Sakura is going to face Kyoji Horiguchi in a non-title fight. But uh, Oka Sasaki and Shintiro Ishiwatari were both in Shuto around at the same around the same time, and they were supposed to fight, I believe, for the 
Bantam, was it the, I think it was the Shuto Bantamweight Championship, if I remember correctly. Uh, but, um, I, Oka, that I believe, moved on to UFC. I think that's what, that's what he told me. Um, no, wait, that doesn't line up. No, he went, no, no, he went to another promotion. He went to, uh, to, uh, he went to VTJ and then Deep, it looks like. Okay, yeah, okay. I get it now. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, they were supposed to fight at one point in, in Shuto, but he moved on to other promotions. And, um, so, yeah, this is a fight that was supposed to happen years ago, and now that's finally supposed to happen between these two, uh, bantamweights. And, uh, while I look at more stuff about this fight, I want to pass this on to you, Bruno. What do you think about this, uh, matchup? Between uh, Shintaro Ishiwatari and uh, Oka Suzaki. I think it's a conflict, uh, conflict of, of the styles. Uh, Sasaki fought Manel Cape. He has a similar style with uh, Ishiwatari, but maybe Ishiwatari was much tougher than than Cape, and that that will be be really interesting because Ishiwatari have a very good uh, knockout power uh, but he not have good luck with uh, wrestlers like uh, like Sasaki and uh, it, it's hard to predict someone to win but I, I, I agree with Sasaki uh, maybe maybe for decision or submission but Ishiwatari is a very very tough man and uh, let's see, let's see. The the another thing was Ishatari uh, have a long layoff, and uh, we need to see uh, how form Ishatari will be delivered on next week. Yeah. Um. Do you have to know the the? Uh, I know they gave. I, I think they mentioned in the Ryzen uh, confession video. I think they did. Uh. But um. Do you have to know why he uh, offhand why he uh had the layoff? Um. Bruno? I hear he got some injuries, but it's it's a, a tricky situation too because uh, he always uh, he have some tough uh, tough challenge to to fight, especially in punk race. You know, uh, dealing with punk race is is not is not easily. And uh, now Pancras have a agreement with one championship and make that kind of things a little bit harder. And uh, because every single fi fighter who fought in Pancras, uh, we have a Pancras event tomorrow. And uh, Rafael Morcego will be, he fought Ishiwatari with a close, close decision. Uh, he lost to close decision by to, to Shotari. Uh, he fought for for the for the vacant title of Ishotari in Pancras Edition versus Kintaro. And and the winner probably will be signing a uh, contract with one championship. Probably that kind of of uh, agreement uh, of conditions make uh, uh, Shintaro to move on and vacate the belt in Bunkers. Actually, so I just looked it up. Uh, he did, got a hernia. He got a hernia, which is a I, oof. Mm -hmm. That's really, really bad. I, uh, um, I know I haven't got a hernia, but I know people got a hernia. And boy, if that that can 
that already that's already gonna help me uh pick who I, who I think will win this. But going also to Okazaki, guess who's gonna be in the Rising Confessions video? They say uh, it is said that Ajamain Sterling will be in Suzaki's corner for this fight, which is a very interesting. That's it. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting because Sasaki now lives in the US, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he 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 made improvements, especially in the wrestling background. He he's gonna be to be better. But uh, let's see let's see how how he would you'll be dealing with a softball fighter. Is a different fighter with a knockout power, very dangerous knockout power. And but I think it's a next step to Susasaki if he, he wants to, to face a Rohoriguchi on future. You know, also interesting as well is so these these four guys who were in who were in Bantamweight contention to eventually face Horiguchi, only one of them has not fought Horiguchi yet, and that is Okazaki, Ishutari, Motoya, Okubo all have fought uh, Horiguchi, have lost. Okubo and Ishutari twice in that in their cases, Motoya won. So we have one guy out of these four who has not faced Horiguchi yet in a matchup. And that that is also a very, you know, I think that Okazaki is going to be the, is going to win this very decisively. But I'm interested, interested to see how Suzaki matches up against Horiguchi. That is a very interesting fight, stylistically. But since we've seen the other three guys uh, face Horiguchi, we know how Horiguchi has defeated them. Um, with Suzaki, you know, that's still a question. There's still a question mark uh, between those two since they've never fought ever. And it's a very, it's, it's, it's a, that, that, that to me makes it a very compelling matchup and why I think and hope that Suzaki will, will win. Um, Suzaki is known for the rear naked choke. Um, that used to be one of his go-to finishers. Uh, but, uh, this will probably, I think this will probably be a decision win, I think. Um, we saw in the Cape fight, as, as you mentioned, you know, we saw that Suzaki uh, very much is going for a wrestling base uh, type of, 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 of fight game. And um, probably if he sticks to that fight game for this, for this fight, you know, he could probably win again that same way. And actually just want to say also that the, Tapology people are in agreement. They think that Suzaki is going to win over Ishutari, 66% versus 34%. So yeah, I think Suzaki takes this. Um, and I think I think more so than the Matoya Ogikuba fight, I think the winner between Ishutari and Suzaki should go on to face Horiguchi. Uh, what do you think, um, Bruno? Do you think that do you think either the winner of Matoya or Gikubo should fight should face Horiguchi or Ishiwatari versus Suzaki or then or just have the two two winners face off against and then go for Horiguchi. How would you what do you think how do you foresee this being played out? Uh, I think we have a, a lot of uh, options in that case. Uh, maybe that uh, that's why rising Push that that three fights to to the main card to to the, this point because uh, we don't know we don't know who who will be deliver the best performance maybe can uh, who can be 
make it the, the best performance who will be facing Horiguchi next. But another point was uh, Horiguchi was scheduled to fight Kaya Sakura. Uh, then Kaya Sakura was supposed to fight uh, Sasaki. And uh, it's a crazy scenario because uh, imagine if uh, if Mikuru Asakura gets a, another impressive performance uh, and defeats Yachi on the main event, we have a story here. We can maybe push Asakura too much because uh, we don't know what's going to be happen in Kai Asakura fight against Horiguchi Nagoya. You know, they 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 have some some stuff to 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 do and uh, probably uh, Mikuru can be step up and the the stolen the, the the spot on this particular case but Sasaki was an option if he got got a win and if Shintaro defeats uh, uh, defeats uh, Sasaki he he turning back and the man I am on the mix again you know uh, and he he can work on rematch why not you know it, it, it's it's interesting because they have options and i i i was believe horiguchi it's will be smiling right now because they have a lot of opponents a lot of fights a lot of opportunities to make more money than he 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 has now and in another point he has a bellator belt too probably <laughs> He he, he he wants to defend his title probably one one time on 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 the year, you know. Horiguchi <laughs> can be a very rich man in the near future right now. I think though that the problem if I'm rising if I'm sh the matchmakers, I want Suzuki to win this because it's a fresh matchup. It's an interesting matchup. Uh, you know the uh, you know the other matches you know. Uh, you can maybe say the Matoya rematch would be interesting because you know they 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 fought a few years ago, so it's it will be more fresher than I think Ogikubo or even Ishwatari because those fights are so recent and very much they were very much a just squash matches as they say in pro wrestling. Yeah, I I can't agree, but uh, you you can't uh, uh, you can't forget. If if Asakura brothers, uh, especially Mikuru, uh, win a bit bit Yachi, Yachi, and they have team right right there, yeah. you know, uh, that that's that's kind of point. Uh, maybe they can explore because I think the the most problem of there is about timing, because and they Horiguchi have a fight in August. We don't know if he will be scheduled once again to fight in October. Maybe yes, I think. And probably he will be fighting in December in the big New New Year's event card and the most important uh, card of the year to Rising, I guess. You know? It, it, okay, we, have, we need to have probably two opponents for Horiguchi and Maybe it can be make sense. Like, uh, okay, let's put the winner of Sh uh, Shintaro in Uka in October and uh, <laughs> some someone in in December. And we don't know what's gonna be happening in December too. Uh, 
probably uh, we we don't know yet the ideas arising uh, are 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 be working with Bellator or in another promotions. Uh, I read some story this week about uh, 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 KSW wants to to make another crossover with Rising Two. Uh, why not to to put some champion to face uh, some champion guy of rising in, in December car too? It's a very interesting no. idea to to rising develop. The only thing about KSW is that isn't most of their roster like heavyweights, light heavyweights, super heavyweights? I don't think they have anybody who's like a bantamweight or light lightweight. They just they just have really big guys there. Is that correct? Yes, they, they yeah. have a, a, a big guys, uh, probably somebody to face Prohaska, mm. uh, I don't know, uh, or they they can have a featherway, they have a featherway to move to Bandaway, uh, I, I don't know uh, if they push like uh, Saladin Parnasi or Mateus Gamrot to do that, uh, but if he can push something probably for lightweight tournament why not to to bring Mateus Gamrot uh, champ champ for KSW to to the lightweight tournaments something like that I, I not I'm not uh, I'm not speculated about Horiguchi but they have uh, options they have scenarios and uh, if he was he, he was a promoter and which uh, Three, four events uh, next ahead. Uh, probably you are thinking about about this. Mm -hmm. I'll say this though. I love the KSW. Um, don't they use like an orchestra or something during their fights? They they do they do like they basically take do a pride and rise and do, but they turn up to eleven and they have like an orchestra. They have the, the like fight. They, they they go all out for their for the production values. It amazes me what they can do. Uh, what they do for for that for that uh, promotion? Yeah, of course. KSW have a lot of knowledge about about that thing. And uh, the the special point about KSW was uh, they have pride and rising with that kind of inspiration. But I think they they push that kind of concept for the next step, you know, mm -hmm. uh, bring some, some that, that step to the stadium show, making the second most, most bigger uh, events of history. is something we cannot uh, remember, much people not remember about this, but it's a, a, a biggest thing of the MMA history. Yeah, uh, but with that, we're going to go on to this main event. And I cannot wait to talk about this main event. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this. Because this is such a compelling and interesting matchup. We have a lightweight clash between Yusuke Yachi taking on Mikuru Azakura. Particulars, Yusuke Yachi, 29 years old, fights out of the famed Crazy Bee in Tokyo, Japan. He is on, unfortunately on a two-fight losing streak, both in Ryzen, losing to Johnny Case, as we mentioned before, and to Luis Gustavo. Um, 
but has had some incredible fights against Takanori Gomi, Diego Nunes, and Satoru Kitaoka. And I'll even say the, the Darren Crichton fight. But he's fought for Shuto, PXC, which I'm not even sure if PXC is still around, Pancras, and yeah, he's 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 known, hope, he's known for his uh, beautiful hair as well. His hair is absolutely gorgeous. I have no problem saying that. Um, and also is a very charismatic, uh, very energetic guy when he comes out wearing his, uh, his, uh, bandana, jumping around with the colorful yellow shorts. He is a very charismatic guy and, uh, very entertaining fighter as well. His opponent though, I guess would, I would say this is a great case of polaropsis because Mikuru Azakura cannot be is in no way similar to Yusuke Yachi. From the famed Outsiders uh, promotion, which was the street fighting promotion uh, in Japan where people just fought it in the street. It's exactly what it is, street fighting. Mikuru Azakura, 27, 5'10", uh, from Ayachi, Japan. Uh, brother of Kai Azakura, who will be taking on Kyoji Horiguchi at the next Rising Show, which we'll talk about when that happens. But uh, Mikuru Azakura is currently undefeated in Ryzen with some devastating finishes, including uh, Takeshi Lion uh, at the Ryzen Liarinoka card with a left knee that sent uh, Inoue to the Nether Realm. Hatsu Hioki uh, with actually a left high kick um, and has def also defeated uh, Karishka Dotbeck and Luis Gustavo. Um, he is 10-1. His one loss coming to Road FC. Ironically, his brother's one loss is also in Road FC. Figure of that. Funny how things like that just happen. But yes, um, I think more so though than about these two fires is that we are getting uncharacteristic shit-talking between two Japanese fighters. And at the Ryzen uh, 16... Was it, I believe it was the Ryzen 16 show, they had... Uh, no, excuse me, it was Rise of 15, excuse me. Um, they had a bunch of the fighters who were fighting at this Rise of 17 show come out and make announcements about their fights. They had Mikuru, Azakura, and y y Yashi come out. Azakura said this, I have nothing to gain from this fight. I'm a featherweight, and he's a lightweight. I asked if he would do a catchweight, but he refused. So fuck it, I'll fight him at his weight. But if I win, I'm not fighting the lightweight Grand Prix. I want a featherweight Grand Prix. And also, I want main event at the Saitama Super Arena, which he's getting now, so he at least got that. Yachi has said, Azakura had mentioned that he wanted to fight me, so I knew it would happen someday. I am honored to be fighting such a strong fighter in Saitama. He's talking a bunch of smack, but I honestly think I am the one who has nothing to gain. Fighting a smaller opponent who hasn't beat any legit competition. I don't know if he's kind of throwing himself under a bus. I don't know if he realizes that, but... Um, I'll explain that in a second. I'm not the one to say this, but if you want to talk big, beat legit guys or, or you have no credibility. Yachi was beaten by Gustavo, who's normally a featherweight, who knocked him, who knocked him out at lightweight. Uh, and then Mikuru beat Gustavo when those two matched up. So, Yachi might not be, isn't entirely thinking straight when he's saying that he hasn't beat any legit competition when he beat, when the guy who beat him, Asakura beat so, yeah, and also got to say in the Rise of Confessions video, so, uh, 
there was a uh, in that video uh, this was released a few weeks ago I'll find the exact uh, name of it uh, it's a number 40 um, Azakura basically just sh throws shit and fire and piss all over Crazy B basically says there are a bunch of losers that they haven't won any fights and he basically calls them basically calls them pieces of shit um, and like totally just shits on the entire fight camp which I've never seen really in, in MMA. You the fighters face you know talk shit to each other, but I don't think I can recall ever like a fight camp being shit on by another fighter at least in recent memory. Maybe the, when it came the Cerrone uh, Mike Perry fight when uh, Cerrone left uh, Jackson Winkle John that was the case. But for the most part, fighters just talk shit amongst themselves. Never about the fight camp. Um, I'm gonna pass it on to you, Bruno. What do you think about this? About this clash of 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 fighters, Yachi and Azakura. Uh, besides the Yachi losing streak, uh, I think finally uh, Asakura have a legit opponent. Uh, I not I not make uh, uh, talk. I'm not talking about to Luis Gustavo, right? But uh, and I can I can't say it's a lucky punch. For Gustavo, but uh, Mikuru has had an incredible performance against Gustavo and show a lot of, of very good performance and good skills. But Mikuru is a different guy, you know. He had he has this style to to be honest when he talks, uh, independent. Uh, what. Uh, kind of uh, bad words he, he say, but uh, uh, I think Yaichi has a uh, he's, he's a very good uh, good fighter. He has uh, knockout power. He had submission skills, uh, and he had an advantage to to fighting his natural weight class. And uh, I, I I will believe Mikuru is stay on a good moment. And they have a major opportunity to be a star. I made this question to him, and he said, "Hey, I, I don't care about be star. I I still here to make money." And uh, okay, uh, I I not think this is a smart move for him uh, to talking bad about uh, opponents, trying to to be a, a bad person for for this thing. But uh, you know that kind of business we has in MMA. Uh, I think he saw the opportunity. He jumped in, and uh, but uh, sometimes the the words have the price, like Khabib and McGregor about. But uh, depends about how how this fight will be goes because Yashi had uh, KO power but at the same time he makes so a little bit uh, 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 a bad movements and he gets a couple losses too that's the point Asakura can can make uh, his He's another the the best in the fashion performance. Let's see. It's I'm very very uh, pumped to see that that particular fight. Uh, I think this uh, is not picked for the main event for uh, for anything. It's a they have a very big reason to do that, and uh, and I think it's a 
can be a, a very fun fight, but in the same way, uh, I, I believe, I do believe uh, it's a, a, a major test for Asakura's career. But, you know, uh, I think uh, Asakura uh, wants a Federated Grand Prix, but in my opinion, in this timing of Sonata, not not to be happened because uh, the they if you, if you're looking right now in the roster of Verizon, who was featherweight? I think only man uh, I was remember is featherweight was Luis Gustavo and uh, uh, Jacob Brandel. Uh, another another uh, other fighters was lightweights and or heavy uh, or bantamweights or or have heavy uh, heavy heavy divisions and, and I think rising needs to, to work a lot to bring the, the featherweight Grand Prix for, to be a reality well actually but, I was about to say you know there, there's one fighter who you forget uh, he's now with the UFC Cronin Gracie I think was wasn't he featherweights as well of course, of course of uh, course but, but he, he when he left though I feel like that's when the UF, when UFC when he when the Ryzen featherweight division kind of died and they're kind of like eh we'll do we'll, we're gonna focus on the other weight classes uh, since Crowley. yeah but 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 you need, you need to understand too if he defeat uh, Yaichi in the with another uh, impressive fashion performance well, uh, how you can you can't deny it uh, his desire. Oh, of course. Hey, man, I, I want, I, I want, I want, I want to to fight in my division. You know, uh, it, it's 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 crazy, man. Uh, the negotiations are is very hard, and uh, probably Rice make the, that hard decision to make this lightweight Grand Prix because they have more options, and probably they can uh, they they can have. Uh, a knowledge to convince Asakura to, to compete in lightweight Grand Prix, but he needs to to do his thing too. He needs to defeat this guy. He needs to uh, take another big win, impressive win to to elevate his status with the promotion and and try to negotiate negotiate better better terms on on his contract. Oh yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah, you know if, if Asakura does win this. Certainly, a featherweight, a, a more diverse featherweight division will definitely be needed. Um, I also want to just bring up that Gustavo fight. So, and because since they both fought to Gustavo, Yachi lost, Azakura won. So, Yachi lost because he didn't cut his fucking hair and didn't pull his hair back. Uh, that was a big case of why he lost because he couldn't see, sh he couldn't see that punch coming when he came. However, I will also say this: he did get taken down by Gustavo, which surprised me. Azakura, the way he fought Gustavo, he wasn't he didn't want to stand up with him. So instead he decided to just grapple to try to take him down and that plan worked. And, uh, and so it's interesting to see how these two how these two fighters had different approaches to the same fighter that, that they fought. Uh, one was obviously successful, the other one was not. Um, you know, this is a very compelling matchup. I'm intrigued by it. Um you know, it's funny, when, when matches, you know, when people have, like, these war of words uh, between each other, 
sometimes the matches can be very disappointing because neither fighter wants to lose. They don't want to look bad. They don't want to eat eat crow, as the saying goes. So you know, well, could this fight be fireworks? It could be, but you also have to be careful. It could potentially be a very two fires tentative and afraid to take that extra step because they don't want to lose in such an important fights. And it's very it's it's been very very common in fights. I would even say the the Gustavo um, as a curve fight had um, very kind of went that way um, since they they were known for both a violent stand up. What do two violent stand up guys do? Don't wind up standing up until the the very until the very end of the uh, match. Um, the typology people have picked uh, Yachi, not Yachi, Azakura overwhelmingly at 87% versus Yachi at 13. Um, lately, Yachi's been kind of quiet, not talking a lot. He, at the press conference, he barely said anything, saying that he's tired of giving interviews talking about this. He just wants the fight to happen. And Azakura says that, that Yachi will just make up another excuse. It's a very tough fight to pick. Um... I, going on history, I would pick Azakura, but I have, you know, I have to hope and believe that Yachi is going to, is going to make up his last two losses, that he's going to, that hopefully he, he met with Crazy B, he did train in Florida as well a bit, um, getting the, the team that he trained with, uh, wasn't American Top Team, um, fuck, I'm forgetting the team that he trained with, but trained for, trained in Florida, uh, got, was able to get a different perspective of, of training MMA, and hopefully he's adapted better and won't make the same mistakes. You know, uh, if he makes the same mistake, then obviously he's a guy who doesn't learn from his mistakes and gets knocked out for it. Um, you know, Azakura hasn't lost in in quite a while, and you know he's on a, on an incredible winning streak. But I'm going to I'm going to err on the side that Yachi is going to come to this fight motivated. He's going to come to this fight healthy. He'll be the slightly bigger guy. I don't think the size difference will be as accentuated as, you know, as we'll see with Shurikov and Kim, I bet. But I think that Yachi will have a little bit of a size advantage. If he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't make the same mistakes that he made in his previous two fights and some mistakes in the Nunes fight as well, because uh, he almost came, he did come close to losing that fight. I would say that he has the better chance of winning this overall. I pick Yachi to win this fight. Any uh, any thoughts or rebuttal, Bruno? Yeah, I I, I almost believe uh, Asakura will beat Yachi, but uh, it's it, it's a tough one. It depends of uh, how how Yachi will react about uh, Asakura pressure because uh, Yachi has had the option to to be smart to try to make a boring fight to take him down and use his size to, to control him and expose his, his weaknesses but uh, it's, it's hard it's hard uh, like Dana White says uh, we have a killer here you know, I, I think Asakura has the the killer instinct to trying to to 
just mash this guy on the stand-up. I, I, I don't know if he is ready to the next step to face a high level, but uh, that's the only opportunity he has. I agree. No, I agree. You know, these are, these are two high-level fighters fighting against each other, uh, and hopefully they both. I, I, I'm gonna assume Mikaru knows the stakes of this fight, but also Yashi should also know that this is his opportunity to not only break his losing streak, but to get a win against a guy who's basically shit talking him and, and, and shitting all over his team, and also get to to the lightweight tournament. He has much more to win in this fight and so much more to lose if he does. So I hope, hopefully he recognizes that. And he can come away with a win. Uh, Mika, I don't think the, the loss won't affect Mikuru uh, if he does lose. And that, you know, I don't think that it'll be like, oh, Mikuru was never a high-level fighter. Mikuru is a high-level fighter just this time. You know, it wasn't his day. That's my thoughts. But that is the Ryzen 17 show. You can watch it on Fight TV if you are not in Japan. If you are in Japan, which I, I'm still surprised whenever I look at this, the analytics for this, for my podcast, there are people in Japan who listen to us. Uh, buy tickets for the show uh, at the famous Saitama Super Arena. Really looking forward to the show. A lot of great, call, great fights on paper. We got one intermission. We got, J- we got Vitaly Shemitov finally in Ryzen. I don't think I need to say any more. Anything, any last things you want to say about this, um, about this uh, card, Bruno? Yeah, we have some talents here. We have Ivan Shirtkov uh, in the Rising Rules. Uh, and we have uh, you mentioned Shemetov stuff. Uh, we have important fights to to the super atomate uh, division. Uh, about Siohi Ham and Tomo Maizawa and uh, Satoshi will compete in, the Johnny Case will compete in, and uh, the the three uh, the three main main card fights, especially for Japan. Yeah, it's it's like interesting because uh, they they doing something different. They put Japanese guys against Japanese guys. Not a Japanese versus Korean fighters, and I think uh, they need to do this more because they push the, the Japanese MMA to to bring more fighters to to uh, to to understand the audience because it's not about trash talking, but uh, it's about uh, to build more fighters uh, to the next step to to the the mainstream people hey i'm a japanese fighter but i can fought anyone uh, no uh, doesn't care about who i want to face or who will be faced next but i'm here to deliver and that's some kind of uh, interesting stuff we see in this card um, fortunately, uh, I, I, in my personal point of view, it's a major mistake from the from from, from Fuji TV uh, to not push this this live, because you know if you have some a lot of fireworks here, you have a very uh, you have on this his in, in your hands a very good product to show to the public. Because in the end of the day, 
the, the people doesn't care only about the name, but if you bring some uh, type of performance, uh, the, 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 the people does, doesn't know your name, but that performance can be in, it show two more about you. Uh, it's like, a, uh, how can I say? But anyway, uh, it's a very good card. I'm excited to this, to this, to see what's gonna be happen. And the 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 great thing was I will be there in Saitama uh, and the whole week to working for conference and post fight conference. Everyone, everything, and let's see what's gonna be happen. It's it's a will be a very fun uh, card to watch and uh, some uh, less information I can do for the people uh, to live in Japan uh, you can watch the the fight live if you can can't be on the arena uh, it's live for two different ways to watch it's about uh, from streaming it's a uh, Giao G Y A O website and uh, cable television colored Sky Perfect TV you can find out and uh, you have opportunity to watch and normally after the fights one day uh, later the, the girl streaming uh, they they publish the all fights in his app you can download of uh, iOS and Android store and you have a possibility to you watch the fights, uh, and I don't know it's gonna be happen this time because they have agreements with uh, Fuji. Let's see, but uh, the, we have a lot of ways to watch this fight, and uh, it's a be a good one. Uh, we do have one question from a fan. Um, it's not related to the Ryzen card, but like I always put out, we'll answer any questions that people put want answered. And um, this is from Teep to the Junk, friend of the show, and, and also guest on the show numerous times. And um, this will be, I'll be interested to hear your opinion on this, um, Bruno. He asks, Julia Budd versus Gabby Garcia. List the three most awesome things about this potential matchup. Well, well, uh, I think the both girls won that fight. Oh, it's a 50% set, right? If the both girls want that fight, it's more easily to, yeah. to make a deal, to, to make this fight possible. But uh, we need to understand uh, Julia Budd was a Bellator champion, and uh, to, to be there and probably compete against Gabi Garcia in Japan, the both promotions needs to to make some uh, negotiations, and I don't know uh, the type of negotiations that will be happen because you know uh, yeah, the, the people of MMA needs to understand when you are champion, it's more different different scenario to to make a crossover to send your fighter to compete in another promotion. Uh, we can uh, we we can remember some some scenario some particular scenario which of course Kyoji Horiguchi 
they he is a rising champion. He come to America to face the Daryl Caldwell for the second time, and uh, the Bellator take the risk too to to send the the, the Darion to to uh, challenge Horiguchi in Japan, and he lost. You know, it's a type of risk we we not saw uh, uh, with frequency in MMA, and when when you put Julia Butt inside uh, in that position, okay, we have our champion to face uh, a, a BJJ champion because uh, Gabi Garcia no doesn't have uh, a title in Rising, you know. And I think it's it's kind of tough to, to make this happen, but uh, I do believe the, the two girls uh, want that that fight. But let's see uh, in in negotiations if it's gonna be happen. Uh, I, I I I think it was interesting because uh, Julia Bud is a high level MMA per, uh, skills. And facing a girl like Gabi Garcia with a, a very uh, tough uh, BJJ uh, titles, and she showed a very very good progress, especially in, especially in the last fight against Barbara Nepomuceno, and uh, she showed a very good striking skills. I, I was really surprised to see Gabi Garcia show a type of, of improvement because Barbara was a, a Brazilian champion of kickboxing and uh, it, it's imagining a, a girl like that with a, a, a be a completely fighter and to try going ahead to destroy every every one of his front uh, it's 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 crazy but uh, uh, it's an interesting thing if it's gonna be happen probably I think in in the New Year's event but uh, let's see let's see what's gonna be happen but uh, I think it's a little bit harder because the fact we have a champion on the table and uh, it's I think Bellator have more to, to lose than rising in that particular scenario well, yeah, um, I I agree with so so basically almost all of all you said regarding why it would be awesome in my opinion. One, it would be uh, Gabby Garcia's toughest fight. I think, in my personal opinion, Julia Bud is such as a as a high level MMA fighter at featherweight, but I I think she's a high level fighter just in general. See her take on Gabby Garcia, I think, would be a compelling matchup stylistically. Where obviously Julia Bud, I think, is a better MMA fighter. Uh, Gabby Garcia though has the weight and jujitsu advantage, which is you you know we all know how she is with jujitsu because she's won almost every she's won she's she's competed all over the world with jujitsu Abu Dhabi uh, I think I think she was in Moon Dials as well um, yeah she's won gold medals yes yeah, and she's competing in ADCC this year as well so uh, yeah that's uh, Gabby Garcia's got so many credentials in BJJ. Um, and I, I can I can share to the fans some some particular experience I have the in the last one year I think I have opportunity to see one workout of uh, live of Gabi Garcia I was inside the ring when Gabi Garcia was working her ground pound and it's uh, it's like some 
uh, how can I say, man, it, it's very terrifying stuff. Man, if I can do a little bit uh, comparing something, I do believe maybe Gabby Garcia have more power than Ivan Shirtkov. <laughs> did, did you did you know what what I can say? Man, he he's, he hit like a truck, man. Ever punch he landed. It's it's very hard and make some noise and noise on the the ground. It's some terrifying to to saw someone on on back receiving that kind of brutal punches, man. And if you added some rising glove like MF4 gloves like that, imagine a, a, a hit like that. But uh, I know the, the fans love, love, love to, to do some type of, of funny junk, uh, funny stuff. Imagine if some someday Gabi Garcia fought Ivan Shirchkov. <laughs> Did you know what, what explosive fight can be? Well, but here, I'll, funny, I'll so, say this. If those two fall in a, in a in a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu match and a grappling match, I will pick Gabby any day. I don't. Yeah, Gabby's Gabby's taking that. If it was like some inter, weird inter intergender BJJ grappling thing, yeah, Gabby's taking it. Um, the thing about also with Gabby and her uh, her yeah, she's strong and she hits hard. Problem is that she's also very uncoordinated. Uh, because she's gotten a lot better though, but she's still somewhat uncoordinated when it comes when it comes to her stand up. She's very. She compared to her first fight, um, where um, actually I'll, I'll say the the uh, Lady Tapa fight. Oh no, was it the, was it? Did she fight? Yeah, she fought Lady Tapa first. Um, yeah, and in that fight, yeah, she was kind of like it was like jazzercising uh, boxing that she was doing. But now, yeah, like you said, the Barbara Nep Nepu. Oh my God, help me, help me, Bruno. How do you pronounce her last name? I'm bad at Brazilian names. Barbara Nepu. Uh, Mencino? Ne Nepo Mencino. Nepo, Nepo Mencino. Uh, she looked very good in that. Uh, her boxing had definitely improved. Um, but also, why this also would be a, a uh, why it would be awesome, uh, if Julia Budd wins, her name will blow up that she beat Gabby Garcia in an MMA match. And that alone, you know, I think Julia Budd recognizes what that can do for her name value. Uh... Yeah, but but you you need to consider. Uh, probably we don't know what's gonna be happen with Chris Cyborg. That's true. And, yeah. And uh, Im imagine imagine Chris Cyborg left the UFC and come to the Bellator and facing Julia Bud first, then Gabby. Ah yes. Uh, I I I. I I do believe she got a, a major opportunity before that fight against Gabby, but uh, if it's not gonna be happen, I, we don't know. Uh, we don't know what's uh, what's gonna be happen after the the fight of of Chris Cyborg in UFC, and uh, if if Chris decided to uh, resign with which they renewed her contract with UFC uh, probably that's the only option Julia has yeah. but he, he she don't uh, we don't know 
it's it's like uh, the the words the Gabby say that this week. Uh, be careful what you want to yeah. to, to to have. But also the, re- the third, something like that. Third reason why it'll be awesome. I would like to see Gabby Garcia fight. Listen, she draws eyes. She she she, she draws a unique audience that. I hate to say it, but what the that Yusuke Yachi and Miku Razakura will not will not draw. She, she Gabby Garcia, I think she 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 gets more than just the hardcore MMA fans interested in talking. Uh, another thing about Gabby Garcia was she show improvement, of course, but. The only thing the people doesn't recognize that Gabby Garcia was she had KO power, man. Yeah. Uh, she hit like a truck. Uh, and maybe, oh, oh, she was bigger and blah, 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 talking, talking bad about her. But she had skills. She, she was a, a, a ton of times a world champion in, in, in grappling. And, uh, and she has skills in in striking too. Man. Uh, I, I don't know what what Gabi Garcia needs to do to ha- have the respect for for the haters. But imagine she fought Chris Cyborg because uh, the both girls had training together always. But imagine a, a fight like that. To, yeah. to see how how hit hard Gabi Garcia landed, man. But uh, in the in the fight business, uh, it, it's uh, the scenario changes every time. And uh, let's see, let's see. Maybe the she can fought in 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 New Year's Eve. Uh, we don't know. Uh, Gabi doesn't fight uh, doesn't fight in Rising a couple of while she fought in last year uh, let's see uh, what's gonna be next on, on her and Julia Butt's career too it's an interesting scenario we can't add the bit of that oh yes and I think that'll be a good way to end this podcast but before we do Bruno I want to give you an opportunity to plug all of your social media where people can follow you uh, read your stuff, all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I think most of uh, American fans want to know uh, to read some, some stuff about me. Uh, I do uh, interviews in my YouTube channel uh, and post uh, videos of uh, pre and post fight interviews next week of Rising 17. And uh, uh, we study a lot uh, about a lot, lot, a lot of next projects, but it's uh, likely uh, focused in the Portuguese content for for our website and uh, another uh, website for the partner. And but if you want to follow me, we can follow in the Twitter. It's a uh, 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 br uh, masami which two s. And uh, we can, yeah, I, fortunately, uh, UFC shooting down my, my last uh, Instagram account. I need to do another one, but this time I'm not will be focused only in combat sport. I, I want to, to show more to the people about Japan, about traveling, about sports, about everything. 
And uh, if you want to follow, it's uh, Masami, which is two S Road. Uh, we can we have these two ways to, to to show my work to the people, and I, I'll be here. I'm I'm talking with a lot of people uh, in social media. Anyone can can ask something or uh, make a conversation. I'll be I'll be there, and because I think uh, this time today. Uh, in combat sports, I not see uh, the media talking with the fans. Maybe the, the they they started to, to to lose that connection with the fans. They need to understand what uh, what desires the fans have. Uh, for you can improve improve your your job. You know that's the way I can see uh, everything. But uh, I, I love to talk with people. I love to to interact with the people, and I will there. If you want to follow it, uh, go ahead, and I will be there. I'm not going anywhere, and it is what it is, man. But it was a pleasure to be here and talk about what uh, kind of things we love so much, and <laughs> see you next time. Uh, yes, but before we go, I'm going to just give the plugs for our thing. You can follow, uh, listen to us, the We Are Rising podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Bay, and also check out our YouTube channel, We Are Rising Podcast, where we have interviews and uploading the podcast as well. You can follow my co-host, uh, J. Christian Gary, at ChrisGary92 on Twitter, and you can follow me, uh, my personal Twitter, at uh, abenja one um, but if you hate wrestling or that sort, you don't want to follow me. But if you like MMA and Japanese MMA specifically, you can follow us at We Are Rising Pod. And with that, I again, obrigado, Bruno. I appreciate you doing this once again. It is probably in the afternoon right now. It is 4:30 a.m. here in New York City. It is blazing hot. I'm sweating, but this I thoroughly enjoyed you talking about Rise of 17 and we hope that we can have you for the review show as well to go over all the winners and potential future matchups of course it's going to be a pleasure for me and I'll be there <laughs> and not going to anywhere ah great 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 and uh, st stay hydrated in Japan and we'll definitely talk to you <laughs> we'll talk to you soon of course <laughs> <laughs>